Quick Save Club. And we're live. Welcome, everyone, to Quick Save Club, episode number 15. I am uh, a co-host of this program, Buried on Mars, Kevin, also known as Buried on Mars. And uh, some of you out there might be wondering what the Quick Save Club is. And I'm going to let you know as soon as I call up the outline here, because I buried it under a couple of panels. There it is. Here we go. Quick Save. What is the Quick Save Club? Well, the Quick Save Club is a PC-focused spinoff of the Cartridge Club, where for two months at a time, we choose a retro, classic, or indie PC game to play. During these two months, we discuss our experiences as we play the PC game of the bi-month with the Quick Save Club community. This and next month, we're playing Torchlight 2, so you want to join us for that. And in the coming months, uh, we'll be playing uh, some racing games, some rando racing games, over, I guess over Christmas. And uh, after that, if there is a 2021, we're going to be playing FTL. Fingers crossed. Um, if any of this sounds like fun to you, hit us up on Twitter, at Club, or join us on Discord at bit.ly forward slash Discord. Or we're at the forums, too, at uh, www.cartridgeclub.org. Does anyone comment on anything in the forums? For us, are we? <laughs> um, it's been a, a probably, I'm probably two weeks since I've been over there. So we don't know. You might have said something in the past two weeks. We don't know. But we'll, we'll get on it maybe within the next two weeks. A uh, reminder to check out our sister podcast with their games of the month for October. The Cartridge Club is playing Parasite Eve. And get this, RF Gen is playing Fatal Frame 2 Crimson Butterfly. And we might be talking about that in a little bit. Who knows? Uh, for August and September, we over here at the Quick Save Club played Fallout New Vegas. And this is the episode where we discuss it. Most of the hosts are present. You got myself and we got Frantic Society, Frantic Josh. What's up? What name are you going by right now? What's the just frantic? Uh, frantic Josh, Josh, um, that guy over there. Whatever you want, that guy over there. If some of you out there might be wondering where the heck's Ryan, um, he he'll be joining us later. Maybe who knows? We kind of uh, needed to uh, record this, and we just picked the time. And he said, "Well, that's sort of convenient for me." And we said, "Well, <laughs> we might sort of see you. Who knows?" Uh, hopefully, he will be able to join us. And finally, we have a guest. Uh, who played uh, Fallout New Vegas with us. We have Sean from the RF Generation Playcast. Welcome, Sean, to the show. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. First time I've ever done a live stream and my first time being on camera for a podcast. So I'm All really right. nervous, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't be nervous. There is two people watching this. It's probably Josh and Josh's mom that's looking at this right now. Most likely. Oh, of course, Dean. It's actually Dean. Uh, Dean Dean watches everything though. He's on he's on top of everything. And we have Ari Ari Lewis, twenty eleven. Yeah. In the, in the, wow, this is this is craziness. Okay, now we got two people. Now it's time to be nervous. Two people are watching. <laughs> so be on your toes. Oh, it's uh, it's great to have you, Sean. Uh, we just wanted somebody who was passionate about this game. You seem to be really passionate about it on Twitter. You're saying you needed something to to distract you from everything that's going on. And Fallout New Vegas might be the thing. And we said, let's get that guy on on the show definitely and uh i just want to disclaimer i'm a little bit of a fallout poser in general like the, <laughs> the whole franchise um mm. but i'm 
passionate about Obsidian and I'm passionate for about New Vegas. So definitely, That's... you know, I'm not an expert on the entire, some people from Fallout 1 through 76 are, you know, obsessed with the franchise in general. But for me, it's, I'm one of those Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas kind of guys. You, you already have a fan in the chat. Dean says you are doing great. Thanks, man. Appreciate so that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that is totally legit. That is, you, we, I don't need a Fallout expert. We're just talking about this game, which kind of seems to be like a redheaded uh, stepchild of the entire series. But we'll get into that very soon. Uh, let's just uh, give you the setup of what Fallout New Vegas is in case somebody out there stumbled upon this and doesn't know what Fallout New Vegas is. Uh, it is a post-apocalyptic action role-playing video game developed by Obsidian Entertainment and was published by Bethesda Softworks. It was announced in April 2009 and was released for Microsoft Windows, the PlayStation 3, and uh, the Xbox 360 on October 19th. 2010 so we're coming up on its 10th anniversary can you believe this game it's almost 10 years old it came like, out when i turned 20 so you're turning 30? 30 when's your birthday october 19th you 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 share a birthday with this game yeah well this fun should have fact. been your game Why that's is it fun my game? that's a, that's the first fun fact right there that is a fun fact that is that is the best fun fact so far well happy birthday josh because we probably won't record another uh, one of these until after your birthday. So, Much is this your this is your last quick save club in the in your twenties? Yeah. How mind blowing is that? Uh, I don't know. A little bit, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry about it. thirty. Is nothing, man. Thirty is nothing. Just yeah. ask Joe. He has to think back about thirty five years, but he can remember thirty. <laughs> uh, a spinoff to what am I talking about here? Oh yeah. We're talking about Fallout New Vegas is a spinoff of the Fallout series. The game is set in a Pocopoxalica open world. I feel like I said this already uh, environment that encompasses a region consisting of Arizona, California, and Nevada, California. Uh, it is set in a world that deviated onto an alternate timeline. Thanks to an atomic age technology, which eventually led to a global war between uh, global nuclear apocalypse in the year 2077 in an event referred to as the great war caused by a major conflict between the U S and China over natural resources. Wow. This game is ahead of its time and it's predicting stuff. This is craziness. Uh, the main story of new Vegas takes place in the year 2281, four years after the events of follow three and 204 years after the bombs fell. Uh, players take control of a character known as the Courier while transporting a package across the Mojave Desert to cities of to the city of New Vegas, what is used to be Las Vegas. The Courier is ambushed, robbed of the package, shot, and left for dead. After surviving, the Courier begins a journey to find their would-be killer and recover the package, make some friends and some enemies, various warring fractions, and ultimately become caught up in a conflict that will determine who controls New Vegas and the Mojave De Wasteland? The game received a Golden Joystick Award for RPG of the Year in 2011 and was nominated for two BAFTA Awards, Best Strategy Game and Best Story, as well as an NAVGTR Award for Supporting Performance in a Drama by Felicia hmm. Day, a Navigator Award. <laughs> that rolls off the tongue. All right, time for some fun facts. Josh... How would you like to give us our first fun fact? Sounds good. New Vegas received positive reviews with critics praising the game's writing, 
quest and improved gameplay. Though it was criticized for its glitches and bugs, which I'm not surprised, on launch, it was a commercial success, shipping more than 5 million copies, and is estimated to have sold around 12 million copies worldwide. It's a lot of copies. Sean, would you like to give us our next fun fact? Sure. Speaking of bugs, a big reason why New Vegas was so broken at launch was because Bethesda only gave Obsidian 18 months to make it. While the assets from Fallout 3 were reused, Bethesda's own RPGs but Bethesda's own RPGs usually take around four years to create, and Obsidian had less than half of that time and had to use an engine they weren't familiar with. So they were put behind the eight ball right off the bat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Obsidian only received an upfront payment to make the game with no royalty scheme in place and a bonus only promised if New Vegas ended up hitting 85 on Metacritic. I remember that was a huge controversy. Mm -hmm. Its eventual score was 84, and they didn't get a penny from Bethesda. Even though New, New Vegas was a huge commercial success, the lack of royalties or a bonus eventually led to Obsidian laying off dozens from their staff. That gave way too much power to people who review games. Like, if, if I give you a crappy review, you're not going to get your bonus. Like, how how crazy is that? That was a crazy one. It really puts people like under pressure to really like try to make the best game. And then they don't have any time to make it. So it's just like bad on top of bad, the whole situation. Not, not only that, but stifle any sort of creativity too. Like you're going to, well, let's try this experimental thing. No one's done this before. No, no, we better do the safe thing because we don't want a bad review if it, if it tanks, you know? Yeah, just, I wonder. Uh, I didn't research, but I'm curious, what was the legacy of this happening? Because you would think, you know, a, something like this, a bonus or some kind of incentive should be based purely on sales numbers. Because like you're saying, reviews, if if they're at the very least, if they're not getting spammed or review bombed, reviews are completely subjective. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, so. not only that, like a game, like a lot of these reviewers get the game early, so they're getting you know, games that are not patched properly mm -hmm. or whatever. And again, like this game was rushed. So a lot of the problems with the game was not Obsidian's fault, but Bethesda's fault for rushing the game out. So how can you deny them a bonus for putting them, you know, putting that amount of pressure uh, on them? And then you know, you've got all these workers in that that are like, well, you know, I, I, I worked eight hours already today, but I better work another another eight so we can finish this game. So we can all get our bonus kind of thing. That's not healthy either. So um, as far as I know, a lot of, so this is all done by, by contract, right? So Obsidian got this contract from Bethesda and this was baked into the contract. And as far as I know, since the, like this was something that was kind of recurring, a recurring thing that was happening uh, 10 years ago, quite a bit. Since then, you know, people gotten a little smarter and said, no, we're going to base this on sales. We're not going to base this on what some, conglomerate website decides that you know our the art what our game is worth you know okay can, like can you imagine like that like even in the movie industry or whatever like michael bake still gets to make movies because these movies make a ton of money right it doesn't yeah. matter what the critics think who cares he makes a ton of dough mm -hmm. yeah all right anyways let's move on talk about the game uh josh i think you're up next for the next one uh did i lose my place it's a third one right you got an easy one. You got the celebrities one. So you get to okay, there celebrity it goes. names. Cool. Many celebrities have lent their voices to New Vegas, including Chris Christopherson, Wayne Newton, Danny Trejo, Danny Trejo, Renee Aberhoynes. <laughs> Odo from, from Deep Space Nine. 
Oh, okay. Uh, Felicia Day, Zachary Levi, John Domain, Michael Dorn, William Sadler, Rob Cordry, Alex Rocco, Will Wheaton, Zoe Bell, and Matthew Perry as Benny. I didn't get Will Wheaton. Who was Will Wheaton? I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. I can look it up real quick. Nah, that's all right. Well, if you want to. But yeah. Sean, would you like to give us the next fun fact? Yes, sir. Obsidian originally planned to have New Vegas's DLC set in the regular Mojave as an expanded endgame. The DLC would have allowed you to continue playing and observe how different characters react to your decisions. The expanded endgame idea was canned in favor of self-contained stories so the devs could work on fixing the core game. Obsidian's entire endgame ended up being condensed into the final slideshow presentation. I yeah. actually didn't know that. That's that's kind of mind-blowing and it explains a lot. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm with you. And that's why I put it in the fun facts. So I thought, wow, that makes sense. All right. And finally, our last fun fact. Companions are easily one of New Vegas's biggest strengths. And Obsidian toyed with the idea of having romance options for these characters rather than making serious romance escapades obsidian's idea was to let the courier have a bunch of strange and wacky encounters with members of their own party one idea involved Cass and the courier getting blackout drunk one night and then married on a whim at the king's school of impersonation while an elvis track played in the background <laughs> that would have been funny yeah oh and i did look up who will whedon plays he plays all of the robo brains in the game so all oh, the really yeah Oh, wow. Well, that's a fun fact. Yep. Cool. All right. Let's talk about this game. Um, was this your first time playing the game? For me, this was my second time playing it. I remember when it came out, I kind of rushed through it. I was kind of a little disappointed because the game didn't seem like to be any sort of um, uh, sequel to Fallout 3. It just seemed like more Fallout 3, uh, like just in terms of graphics and uh, whatnot. So I just kind of steamrolled through the story and just kind of never gave the game too much thought. And then when I played The Outer Worlds last year, I said, I got to go back and give that game a, you know, a fair uh, go. And I did, and I enjoyed it so much more this time around. Uh, what about you, Josh? Have you played uh, Fallout New Vegas before? Yeah, I've played through the game two times before this. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I didn't beat it this go around because I was actually playing it with my brother. I was going over to his house and playing on his Xbox and slowly playing through it. And we just never rolled credits. We played probably 20 plus hours over there okay. with him. So I didn't beat it this time, but I have beaten it a couple times. And uh, the original time was maybe a few years after it came out. I was in a situation where I had no Internet, but I had this game and I just plowed through it and loved it. So um yeah really really great game and uh, i always have fond memories of it even uh just thinking back to it so you played this on the xbox and sean played it on the xbox i'm the only one who played it on the pc on the okay <laughs> yeah, i played a few hours on the pc here i played maybe four or five hours but i mostly played it on the xbox sorry mm -hmm. well I, I i will say there was a little bit of problems i an issue i was having because i have a a uh radeon uh eti card mm. um and for some reason, with Windows updates or whatever, uh, they didn't update the card or whatever because uh, Bethesda doesn't care about this game, right? <laughs> they don't care if anybody plays it or whatever. If they, so there was some sort of issue I was having. And then when I moved over to my laptop, which has an NVIDIA card, all the problems went away. It was like I, I would play it like for 
you know, two minutes and it would freeze. I'd play for five minutes and it would freeze. I'd play for three minutes. And it was freeze. I was trying to like quick save, like every two seconds. It wasn't working out. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Sean? Have you played this game before? You got any history with it or was this your first time? I played the game. I, I played Fallout 3 and then I played Fallout New Vegas in 2015. So that's my first and until just now, my only exposure to the Fallout franchise. Um, I did play Fallout 3 on the PlayStation 3 and I was playing the Game of the Year edition with all the DLCs. So um, it is it was one of the worst optimized games I've ever played in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, you literally, this is not a joke. As the game was chugging along, you could go make a sandwich and come back and it was still chugging along in the oh same place. Goodness. And the only reason I would let it do that sometimes is because I hadn't saved in an hour or something. So I had to let it just do its thing, playing some slideshow while it caught up to itself. Um, I actually can't remember what the first platform I played New Vegas on. It might have been the 360 uh, because I know I I got rid of it and then had to repurchase it. I, I might have played it digitally on the PS3 the first time. doesn't matter that much, but I played it this time on the 360. And um, as I mentioned on the forums, the Cartridge Club forums, I got so much more out of this playthrough than on my first playthrough that there I didn't realize um, there were more than like three companions. The, the first time I played mm. the game, I think I had Veronica and the dog and that was it, which by all means are my two favorite companions, but I didn't realize there were other ones. Like that's how not deep i didn't get into the game the first time but this time i really wanted to soak it in i'm actually still playing it i did beat the main mission uh, the main storyline but i went back to my last save and i've been doing some dlcs doing some power grinding i want to hit the level cap and all that stuff so awesome yeah cool yeah i i'm in the same boat as you the first time i played it i don't even think i had any companions i didn't even know they were in the game until uh i played it this time around i'm like oh yeah there was companions in Fallout three i forgot like there's companions in this game um okay well we can talk a little bit about the story i i do like the like the opening uh uh, of this game and i think it's one of the best uh openings in a game um where you know you're you're shot you're thrown into a, a grave you're buried and then some weird robot saves you rescues you and you don't even like that you don't see any of this happen you just kind of wake up in this uh, doctor's office and uh, you're in this small town you have no idea what happened and everyone's just telling you well this this robot is what pulled you out of, of the earth and you have no idea why you don't know what what happened or anything um all you know is that you had a package to deliver this guy shot you and now you got it now you're on a mission to go find this guy to either seek revenge or find answers or whatever. It's kind of up to you how you want to, uh, want to do it. Um, so what'd you guys think of the story, Josh, what'd you think of it? Um, I always thought this, this was just an interesting way, uh, to kind of flip the fallout, I guess, quote unquote formula on its head a little bit. Like, uh, cause you know, you always have the moment, even in three and four, you wake up, uh, in a vault mm-hmm. and then you go out into the wilderness and then you discover the wasteland here. You're already in the wasteland. You start off in like a little town and wake up, make your, make your dude, however you want. And, uh, just kind of go out. And, uh, I just think the, the Vegas setting and the, the gangs and all the stuff in the, in this storyline in this game just really stand out to me and make it really unique and fun 
to experience. Okay, cool. Yeah, Sean, what do you think of uh, story? I think the the main story is a good backdrop for what is an open world that you know action adventure game, um, and it's it's interesting that Josh took thought of it in the context against other fallout games. I usually think about it in the context of other Bethesda games, even though, you know, it's a Bethesda style game. I know, uh, obsidian developed it, but you have that, um, kind of thing where the story waits for you. You know, it's, it's one of those RPGs where, you know, it's a cliche. It's kind of a joke that there's these imminent things going on that you have to take care yep. of. But in the meantime, you can go gamble, you can go, you know, hunt death claws, you can do whatever you want and do all these wacky side quests. So the story itself is just kind of the like the guardrails of the the game to get from a beginning point to an end point. But it serves it serves everything quite well. Um I like the, the, the whole power struggle. And I like that there's like major factions, there's intermediate factions, and then there's like really, really minor factions. Like uh, they built this really intricate world with all these groups that interact with each other. And that's part of the overarching story, but it's also part of the minute to minute gameplay when you see, you know, the Legion attacking. Uh, the NCR, and you're not involved. Like you can just witness it and watch them fight it out, or you can jump in the fracas and start shooting whoever you want, like kind of thing. So all that is contextual to the story, but like I said, it's 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 the backdrop to this open world adventure. So I think it all just kind of plays together really well. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, one thing, like Obsidian, definitely. Uh, added their own flavors to to this uh, to this game, and that's why it's kind of seen, I think, as a little bit of an outcast. But there was a lot of things that they did that actually would have opened up the Fallout series. Like, for instance, in every Fallout game, this is including the old uh, 2D uh, isometric ones. Is every game starts off with you uh, in a vault, and you're you know you 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 get out of the vault for some reason to go do something for the vault or whatever. And the limit, the limitation of that is that you can only play as a human. Where as in this game, um, there one of the ideas that obsidian wanted to do was have you play as, uh, other, other creatures, mm-hmm. uh, including like a super mutant, which you wouldn't be able to do in the other games. Right. Um, cool unfortunately it it fell by the wayside they couldn't you couldn't play a a super mutant um because it was just another idea that they didn't have time for but i thought that would have been so cool to actually be put to play as a super mutant kevin can i push back on something that you said a couple times uh Uh, i'm not sure if this is something that has changed over time but i actually don't get the impression that new vegas is considered the black sheep of the fallout franchise at least nowadays and I, my evidence for that is the, the absolute wealth of YouTube videos that I've watched over the past few months, including mm-hmm. ones that actually were from when I first played the game. And if I could shout them out by name, Mitten Squad, Fudge Muppet, and Many a True Nerd are the big like challenge run guys. And um, the, uh, you know, they do like kill everybody runs or total pacifist runs or whatever of all these games. They know them all inside and out. 
And I've heard them dr- many, many times drop reference to New Vegas being the best game in the franchise. Yeah, I, I, it does have a strong, uh, I think, cult following for sure. Uh, but I'm, I mean, you just look at how Bethesda themselves treats treats the game. It's like it's unplayable on, on some platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I experienced that, and you know, like I, that's the only reason why I, I would say it, it's the, it's because it's treated as one. I don't think it deserves okay. to be one. You know, it's uh, maybe it's Cinderella. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, for some reason, all the ugly stepsisters are are the more popular ones. But you know, I, I, anyways. Um, but what the heck are we talking about? We talked about story. What else do we want to talk about? Well, so you get in the game. How did you how did you play this game? So there are some different options, uh, like how you set up your character and all that. Um, how, how you build a character. It's pretty much in every um, uh, Obsidian and uh, um, uh, Bethesda game. For me, I uh, tried something a little bit different this time around. Usually, I put everything into like lock picking because i don't want to be stuck behind something or uh science and thinking and all that stuff i i hate to be limited by like oh i can't get through this door because i don't have the right amount of skill or smarts whatever that kind of stuff always stresses me out more than the actual battles themselves because i always feel as if you save enough time if you quick save enough time you're always kind of fine with the battles you could just kind of go back to that or whatever later but if there's a door there i don't want to have to go all the way back you know after i grind up whatever stat to get through the door i just want to get through the door um but this time what i did i tried something a little different and i don't think it worked out too well was i went with a luck character i built i put everything into luck because i thought i could get lucky you know like uh, if somebody tried to shoot me or whatever they would miss all the time or if i could you know access things and normally I went I would be able to get through it because I just got I just randomly put in the right passcode or whatever um, but unfortunately it didn't seem like as if the game um, favored that too well like I didn't I didn't run into t- enough occasions where it kind of fell into my favor and I actually as I was playing through the game I was pouring stuff into those other stats that uh, I normally do because I was finding uh, I was I was hitting roadblocks um, one thing that luck is good for is you will automatically win at all of the casino games pretty much if your luck is maxed out. So you oh, can really? get money. The, the casinos will eventually kick you out if you're doing too well. Hmm. And you will actually get achieve, an achievement if you get kicked out of every casino. But if, you're, <laughs> if your luck is very high, you can bank a lot of caps by gambling. Nice. Nice. That's cool. Okay, well, I better let this guy in because he took the time to uh, actually uh, join us. So here we go. You ready for it? Look at this guy. Hey, Hi. welcome. Welcome to the me? show. Yeah, we missed you. What's up? Sort of. <laughs> we missed you during the fun facts because we had to read them all ourselves. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't screw up any words for you to make fun of me on. So You can. You know. You know what you could do is just record them for me later, and I'll listen back to them and have a good I'll time. get right on that. I, I <laughs> definitely will. Hi, Sean. I'm Ryan. Nice to meet you. Hi. Nice to meet you. <laughs> I don't think we've ever met. But. Yeah, I know. Nice uh, so you. I missed fun facts. What else? That, well, you know what? Just keep going. I'll I'll just I'll just jump on board as you go. How about? That? Well, we were just we were just getting into the game. We were just settling into talking about it. We can actually ask you: Was uh, this your first time playing Fallout New Vegas, or have you played it before? 
Um, I, I briefly flirted with it with the, in the past, but this is the first time I legit sat down and played it seriously. So, have you played any other Fallout games, or is this your... uh, before this uh, Fallout Four was actually the first game I played? So I was going backwards, basically. Okay. Uh, hmm. So I have a lot of time in Fallout Four, and so it was it was different getting used to the older mechanics uh, uh, versus you know the more consoleized Fallout 4 mechanics, you know, because that was more, a lot of people said Fallout 4 was more dumbed down versus mm -hmm. the older Fallout games. And I could see that with playing Fallout New Vegas and uh, stat-wise and, and, and mm. other things. But, uh, but yeah, but this is the first time uh, and uh, uh, that I uh, put more time. I'm probably going to put a little more time into it uh, later, too, because I, I still haven't beat it. I'll admit that right now. But uh, uh, I didn't beat it either this go around, but I've beat it, yeah. beat it in the past. So don't feel so too you, bad. You did play it in the past. OK. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I beat I, it I beat... and I played it in the past. So what do you think yeah. of that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sean, a... sorry, sorry, I just got to interrupt for a second. Sean, you have a heckler in the uh, comments section. Uh, single banana wants to know who you are. And uh, he says we're scrap scraping the bottom with this purple go 69 guy. Well, I think I. <laughs> I think I have a new internet handle now. <laughs> I like that. There you go. Uh, hi, Rich. Thanks for the comment. Welcome oh, to can... the comment section, Rich. <laughs> well, you can make the comments show up on the screen now. You figured that out. Cool. Yeah. I, well, I've always had the ability. I just uh, kind of forgot about it. Oh, okay. Like, oh, well, that's yeah. kind of a cool feature. That's yeah. that's something I should be doing. Yeah. Sweet. Um, so I'll just start with... I talked about my character and, and kind of the, how I um, built him up. Uh, Ryan, what about your character? What did you, uh, did you, um, what was your like, like? Me like to talkie. I, <laughs> I liked, um, I like, I, I didn't like not having the option to talk myself out of a conversation. So I put a lot of points yeah. in that. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't like it if that would show up and I would fail it basically. Um, which, which, which was kind of, uh, so uh, I did that in, um, I put mostly in guns in stealth um, and in talking was my main thing. And every now and then, if there was something like, if I was doing a specific quest, like I think in order to reprogram a robot, I needed a few more points in um, uh, whatever that perk is for, uh, my, uh, what is it? So you can hack robots. What is that one? Uh, Science. Science, yeah. Yeah. So, sure, thanks, yeah. So I guess it's science. I need like a few more. So every now and then if a quest needed it and I was close to leveling up, I'd put a few points in it just like to make it easier. Cause I think I hacked the robot at that one casino to be the, the, the sheriff because I didn't want to deal with it. Cause, <laughs> cause I screwed up and I already was on bad terms with the um, powder keggers. And one of the sheriffs was at the powder keggers um, jail. And I, I didn't know that since they were already ticked at me, I couldn't just go to the jail and ask the guy. And, of course, <laughs> they all attacked me when I went to the jail. They all were attacking me. I'm like, oh, maybe I have to save this guy because I wasn't thinking. No, he was a powder kegger. And I entered the jail and I killed him. And they're like, oh. oh, you can't do that anymore. I'm like, oh, wait, they hate me. I get it now. All right, I'm going to reprogram the robot. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, that, uh, that's what's kind of fun. That's what I kind of like about that is that uh, they gave you the different options. Like you can reprogram the robot in that yeah. sense. You could find either one of the two different sheriffs, the powder kegger, and then the NCR guy. I know you're I getting have... ahead of us. We're, st oh. we're just on building characters. Okay, okay I'm slow sorry. down. Slow down. All right, Josh. <laughs> what uh, about uh, you? 
Uh, so usually when I play Fallout, I try to do like a stealth build or have high lockpick and high intelligent. Whatever, you know, basically I could talk to anybody and get through anything, you know, yeah. talk my way out of it. This time I was with my brother and he has never played Fallout and he doesn't know anything about these games. And I was like, all right, well, what do you want to do with the points? And he's like, so we're kind of playing co-op. Not really. We I was mostly playing, but occasionally I'd hand him the controller, say, here you go. Try it out because I was playing on Xbox. Uh, sorry, Ryan. Uh, I, I betrayed the PC name of the show. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> He's literally walking off the screen. Anyway, he probably had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, this time Actually, I was like, "Oh, I should have put that on full screen. We could have seen how messy his room was." Oh, he's back. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Crap! Yeah, I didn't have time to clean that up. I have. Uh, we bought '90s Trivia Pursuit uh, at the at a, a rummage sale the other day for the for because for the uh, kids. Well, they can for, remember the night for me and my wife because we're <laughs> the only ones who can actually could could beat that game, you know. Of course, yes. uh, but for sorry the game, to interrupt, we got uh, battle. No, sorry. Anyway, go on. Sorry. No, it's fine. I was like, dude. Okay, so Justin, that's my brother's name. I was like, what do you want to do this time? He's like, I want to beat people up and just destroy people. So we try to do a brawler class. I looked up a brawler class, and it's not as easy as you would think, but um, I ended up putting a lot of points in the strength at the beginning and it kind of screwed me over a lot later in the game like talking to people and stuff but mm. um brute force and vats like having machetes and baseball bats and different things like that um where you can literally hit somebody in the head and their head just flies off is pretty hilarious so um that aspect of the game was fun later on in the game we did end up using weapons a bit more and i kept i got to the point where i had to like slowly put more stuff into like perception and you know um things like that so i could sneak around and do the normal fallout thing where i could sneak through and steal stuff because if i don't have if you don't have high perception and stuff it's really hard to like go into a place and just like "Ah, i want some of this and some of this and some of this without pissing people off so yeah it was probably not the best choice this go around but uh i still had a lot of fun with my brother just getting into like crazy scenarios where like all right well we're screwed here let's just try to like punch a bunch of people and slash people with machetes and see if we can make people's heads explode. So that's what we did this time. It was fun. <laughs> I, I imagine a brawler class would be difficult because most of the enemies have ranged attacks. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was something you, you have a little bit more health, a uh, little bit kind of not really, but yeah, it's a lot of like saving quickly and trying not to die mm. uh, with that class. So it, it was, it actually made the playthrough a lot more challenging than I probably would have normally had if I would have stat, you know, specced differently at the beginning. But it is what it is. I had a good time with it. Hmm. Yeah, it's one of the uh, things was bridging the gap between you and an enemy sometimes. And I, I felt like if you were melee, that would be a severe disadvantage at times because sometimes if you were in the wide open area and there was an enemy way off in the distance mm-hmm. with a gun, you know. So Yeah, no, I mean, I still had guns on me. I had a sniper and uh, a, lot, a couple pistols and stuff. I still would use the guns, but like I was pretty like the vats wouldn't hit half the time and different things like that because I had it spec the way I did. So, yeah. Okay. What about you, Sean? What was your character like? Um, so can I just, an aside, I, I want to flex that I have the, uh, oh. new Vegas special limited edition hardcover strategy guide. Wow. And awesome. Cool story. I got this from one of those old, remember the video game trading sites of yesteryear, like Guzex and VG5 and 
99 gamers i don't know if you guys have ever used any of those sites they're all gone now but yeah i um, used 99 gamers but that was about it so it was one of those sites i can't remember which one i requested fallout new vegas for the 360 and the guy sent me the game of the year edition and this hardcore uh, hardcore (laughs) hardcover (laughs) strategy guide it is hardcore though um, so I'm referencing this to kind of remember uh, details about my character build. And we should kind of mention that um, there's two like sets of specs that you do, which are your special attributes and then your um, skill points, I think they're called. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just skills. So y- your special points can kind of, uh, they, I almost think of it as they change like the core of your character. In fact, like intelligence means every time you level up, you get more skill points to add to your skills. So there's real ways that you can make a character. There's crazy builds you can do in this game. The sky's really the limit. Um, So as far as my, my person, I went uh, kind of evenly on the special skills, even though now I kind of know that charisma doesn't, isn't, really one that has a lot of weight. Uh, I think I went higher in charisma thinking that it would help me in speech because I'm I'm just addicted to dialogue trees and speech checks. So anytime I play this style of game, I'm going to go for high speech because I love, you know, uh, just talking through situations. And then as far as the skills, uh, I went I went really high into guns. And as far as um, I think I was thinking along the same lines as you, Kevin, of having a high lock pick because in this game, it's. It, I feel like you either want to pick high lock pick or high science so you can hack computers, but there, it feels like there's way more locks than there are computers yeah, in this game. For sure. So you want to go high on lock pick. And speaking of which, this is not part of the character build, but it's a gameplay thing. The lockpick and computer hacking games are both totally broken because you can just back out of them and start them again if you think you're going to fail. Or -hmm. if you're doing the lockpick and your bobby pin is about to break, just Mm -hmm. cancel and go back in and you don't lose a bobby pin. You start over. So all of that's kind of broken anyway, but the, the locks you can even touch are gated by how high your lock skill is. Um, so I, I did that. I went, I went into guns. Um, I did high lock pick and high speech. And then after that, it kind of just evenly spread, but I didn't put anything into melee, nothing into unarmed and nothing into energy weapons. Yeah. We pretty much almost had the same character. Cause I was same with me. I yeah didn't put anything into melee or, um, uh, actually met medical stuff. I just kept finding like stuff. That, so I, I really didn't end up putting too much, uh, points into that. But the cool thing about the skill tree in this is it's not, or not, sorry, not the skill tree, but the um, dialogue options is it's not geared to just one sort of playthrough. Like you can't just get by on just one, on just having a lot of charisma and you're going to be able to skate by everybody. There are Mm -hmm. scientists that you run into the game and you're going to have to show your science skills if you want to get by them. Um, You know, there was some medical because I wasn't putting stuff in medical, there was, you know, some medical doctors that I ran into and I couldn't get by, I couldn't easily get by them because I didn't have the medical knowledge. Um, so I thought that was, that was very cool. You couldn't just stack, you know, stack your speech stats. You had to like spread it among absolutely uh, like several things if you wanted to pass through a lot. 
Um, did you find that the speech kind of uh, helped you a lot though? Like skating past a lot of things. Like there, there was like a few little things here and there. And then of course, at the end of the game, it comes into a big uh, thing, but there wasn't really too much. I, I found um, like, I might be able to talk a boss into doing something or whatever, but like, for instance, um, like that uh, Caesar Legion guy, that runs I'm, I'm really bad with names so if anyone knows the name help me out but that caesar legion guy at the end like i had like all my dialogue stuff up to as high as it could, i could go because i wanted to and i, I know I'm, we're going to get into spoilers and stuff so i might as well just get into it now so it gets to the point where um I, i'm jumping ahead in the game where you could save benny and i wanted to save benny because i felt like benny kind of just did what I would have done, <laughs> you know, like he didn't really sleep like that bad of a guy to be. Uh, he just, he seemed to be like in a, between a rock and a hard place and that, but nothing I did, like there was nothing I could do to convince Caesar to let me allow that guy to live. You can attack everyone, but I'm in there with no weapons, even weapons that I could sneak in. Wasn't, wasn't doing it. There was just too many dudes. So I, I had to kill him. I, there was just no way I was going to uh, save him. So did you find that the dialogue, helped you a lot or in the end it just really didn't do that much anyway. i think you, you bring up a good point in that it's uh, like i said i p pulled up high speech but you you bring up a very good point is that it's not just speech <clears throat> sometimes it's even really off off the beaten path stuff like barter like your barter has to right be yeah that's another one to pass some kind of check um and to your point i would say maybe a dozen times I passed a really good speech check that was like satisfying because the bar would have been a little bit high if I wasn't like loaded into speech. Um, but yeah, I, I also did kind of being, this was my second playthrough. I did a lot of like scenario checks, like loading saves back and seeing what would happen if I attack this guy, if I speech check him all the way, you know, like the, I had some interesting experiences with the the legget at the end. I actually posted on Twitter. Uh, I attacked the legget from a distance, and lady, I had lady luck on him, and nothing happened. It was actually a really bizarre uh, situation because that's supposed to be like a instant, like an automatic kill of the right. enemy. Yeah. Um, so, but anyway, uh, as far as speech goes, the legget is probably the best example of having uh, maxed out speech. Is there, you can have an interesting conversation with him and get him to back off mm -hmm. um there are other good ones but i'm sure other other people other folks here have good examples too well i found like th there were certain situations where I, and again this might be coming because i i came from uh fallout 4 where there one of the big complaints was that it didn't have that diversity that kevin was talking about where you needed all these different skills to pass certain people and like fallout four, you could get by with just having maxed out speech and you could talk your way out of everything. And they sort of dumbed it down. So, you know, you didn't need to know science. You just need to be able to talk really well to people, you know? And so uh, I was running a situation where was just like, well, shouldn't there be like a speech check here or something like that? Or, or I found like you'd have to go really deep down the speech uh, tree in order to finally get something to be like, okay, you can use your speech here to, convince him of something like that so uh, i found that interesting that it was a little less reliable and uh, not reliable re reliant on that speech trait when you know like, like i said i'm coming from fallout 4 where they relied on it too much at least some people say 
like I said, I that would, I played that one first, so I didn't, I had nothing to yeah. compare to at the time. But that was like a major complaint. Like they rely too heavily on speech or um, sometimes in bribe. That was the two main things in Fallout 4 is like speech or bribe or threat. No, not bribe, threaten. Yeah, speech or threaten. And threaten was useless in Fallout 4. So, you know, but in this one, you had many different other options besides that, like you were saying with you know, having to know science or medical and stuff like that. And, and you didn't. Uh, so I, I found that even though I relied on it more in four, like in this one, I couldn't rely on it as much as I wanted to. Right. Um, Sean, you mentioned the barter skill, and that was another one that, that was interesting because I didn't put a lot in into the barter skill because I know that there are really easy ways to make money in, in this game. It's really not that difficult. And I thought, well, what's the point of putting stuff in barter if it's if I'm going to make a ton of dough anyways? And it was funny because there was, you know, several dialogue options that I, that was uh, ghosted out to me. I couldn't select them because my barter skill was so low. And it wasn't like I was going to make money or anything like that. It was just you were able to negotiate with people a little better, which I thought was really clever it's one of those it's one of those games where it's like oh man they knew what they were doing there with that barter yeah i I think there's a scenario where the you need to get something from the pawn shop owner and if your barter skill is high enough he'll just give it to you right right Uh, i I might be a little off base but there's stuff like like that in there right and there's other there's ways to get it you got to go do some task that he wants you right but it's just one of those things where you wouldn't have to do it if you had that uh, well, I skill. think uh, one of the very first missions is when you're defending the town. Like that was one of the very first things, and you have to go talk to people to convince them to help defend the yep. town from the power right. keggers. And like one of them, you have to uh, be high on explosives to convince the guy to give you explosives. The other one, high on barter to convince them to give weapons to the townspeople and, and stuff like that. So that was kind of showing you, you know, how that would affect the situation. That was like one of the very first missions. I, I, I guess you, I don't know if you have to do that mission. Maybe it was just a side mission, but it's the first town you find. And, and like, you have to defend the town or you can choose to side with the powder keggers, I guess, and not do it at all. But I chose to protect the town. And so that's kind of where that comes into play, I suppose. And then another thing is like, if a town does like you, then, you know, prices for stuff go down as well. That, that probably doesn't help barter wise, but at least prices will, will go down if, if they like you. So I thought that was kind of cool too, because that wasn't something in four, I don't think. I, well, maybe there was. It's been a while since I played it. Yeah. But, yeah. Four four is a fairly shallow game. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Ari Lewis here, twenty eleven, has an excellent question. He says, Is PC the best way to play New Vegas? Coming from someone who has never played it. Um with um find the quality of life uh, patches for it if you're going to do it on the PC. Yeah, yeah. And also, Kevin, you were telling us the difference between video cards was affecting crashing. Uh, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I mentioned it a little bit. I, think that? I mentioned it a little before you uh, oh, okay. joined. It was just a little bit, but like, yeah, I have a, a ATI card, Radeon ATI card, and um, I think that's what they're called. What am I? I'm blanking AMD. on their name. AMD. AMD. That's it. They used to be ATI. Yeah, okay. they did. 15 years ago i'm an mm-hmm. old man uh i have an amd card on my on my gaming pc and it just was not jiving with uh, new vegas a- at all but the nvidia one was and it's just simply because the game was developed and made for windows 7 and now it's windows 10 and it needs a bunch of updates and bethesda just like doesn't care if it gets updated or not but there are a lot of patches you can 
you can uh, get out there. Now, I do feel like as if the game, and we talked a little bit about this before in chats and stuff like that, but it isn't fully optimized for PC as well as it should be. Um, there are a lot of things that kind of like, for instance, like VATS is really the VATS system where it freezes the whole game and all that stuff. So, and then you just select on a thing that was in the old PC games, isometric games, but in this 3D environment kind of thing, it is really designed for people with controllers. So you're not, ha- you're not having to aim with the mouse and keyboard. Um, so that's one thing. The other thing too, is just how all the menus and everything are kind of laid out. They all felt like, like I couldn't just press M and the map comes up. I'm I'm used to that as a PC player. There's the M. I hit that and my map comes that up. That was jarring for me. You got to pull out your, your pit boy, go into the menu, go scroll over to that thing. Like that is like, that's a console thing. And you wish you could just press M pit boy comes up. There's your map, you know, uh, just little things like that, that it's not really optimized too well, but um, they do a few other little things like uh, you don't have to hold down W to walk forward. Like you could just tell it like to just walk forward all the time. And you could just sit back and watch your character walk forward as you walk into a different town and, and uh, whatnot. And the walking around kind of, as you unlock more areas on the map, you can just kind of fast travel to them. So it, it gets a little less important, but there are a few little things in there, but I wish it was optimized better for the PC. Um, but I will say like I had a, I had a better time with with the PC um, in terms of uh, frame rate. It was 60 frames per second. I could play it in 4K. It looked great. Um, and my PC isn't like the latest and greatest or anything like that. It's a 10-year-old game, so, you know. Okay. Yeah. And it does feel like it fights against you sometimes. I think the last time I played the game, I went into Pip-Boy, and then when I came out of it, I lost all control of everything. It wouldn't let me move. It wouldn't let me do nothing. It wouldn't let me click on anything. I was just like, yeah. so I don't know if, we, if we're going to have a glitches section to this, but uh, there were a couple of funny glitches from time to time on this game. <laughs> well, we, we sort of talked about that uh, before you came in oh, as well. Never mind then. How the game is is rushed and there was a lot. There is a lot of problems with it. We could talk about glitches. Why not? Um, man, I, I don't know. Well, talk about your glitch. What 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 was your big uh well, that was Which mostly mine. Uh, other ones were, like I said, I, I went to Pip-Boy and then lost all control. And it started giving me weird numbers on the top of the screen. And I'm like, did I go into a console or something? I don't know what I did. Mm. And I literally would just let me back out to the main menu and then go back in. But I wouldn't, I couldn't, I had to quit the entire game to get back control of it. And then mostly other stuff was just funny, like, glitches during the game like i'd, I'd go to go up a, a staircase and then all of a sudden the staircase was gone there was no staircase there i was still going up the staircase but i could see right through the map and see everything around <laughs> me you know yeah <laughs> you know i didn't fall through it thankfully but you know so it's just little stuff like that and and, and uh occasionally um uh like i would get some weird leg where it would take forever for uh vats to register something and i'd be yeah sitting there and I'd be like, okay, are you? Is that's going to eventually work, or am I going to sit here and stare at this uh, rad scorpion forever? You know, and then finally <laughs> it would pop up. You know, but, yeah, but, I, I would also have when bats would pop up, and everything you could target was just set to zero. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, what's going on here? Like, I, I have my weapon out, I'm aiming at it. How come everything's set to zero? Was it when they were using a stealth boy with the 
no. giant ogre people? No, no, no. It was a glitch. Oh, okay. It would be a glitch. Okay. Yeah. Because when I use a stealth boy, you would always get zero. At least I would. I don't know. Even if you could still, if they were right in front of you, I couldn't. Mm. I'd still get zero with that. So I don't know. Oh, well. That was just my thing. <laughs> what about you, Josh? And uh, any no. interesting glitches? Uh, yeah, I did. I was playing it on PC to start off, and I kept having hard crashes all the time, even with a, three or four patches I've had. So it would do this thing where I could still hear the game and it would just have like ghost images all around me. So I don't know if it was uh, like I could still play the game, but like it, all the items in the environment would start duplicating like to me, like visually. So I would have to like close the game out, reopen the game, like basically do quick save, then close the game and reopen the game and then load that quick save and keep playing over and over again. When I was playing on PC, mm. so that's pretty much why I decided. I was like, you know what? Hey, do you want to play some uh, Fallout with me, with my brother? And then <laughs> we went over and uh, used his Xbox and played. So yeah, that's the reason I did end up playing on Xbox. Do you have an AMD card as well? Or yeah, it's an it's probably a way older than yours. Mine mine's old. So I mean, that's probably why. And uh, I did. I tried patching it and updating my drivers and yeah, all that too. stuff. And I still had a lot of issues with it. I think. If I would have persisted, it would have been fine. But just having to close the game like every, I'd say it happened like once an hour or so. That's yeah, that's no. still an, that's still annoying though. Yeah, it gets you know? worse. It gets worse. Trust me, because I was dealing with it when it was crashing like once every hour. You know, I was just kind of like make sure I saved a lot, and then it just it kept getting worse and worse. I think it's something like as it's building more of the game. You know, like as you're collecting more things and all that has more to remember, and it would just max out and. Yeah, that quick save Whatever. moniker really uh, <laughs> came in yeah. useful here, that's for sure. Yeah, they, I mean, these type of games, I always end up quick saving all the time anyway. It's like, oh, well, I screwed up, load. You know, uh, I mean, that's how I play these games anyway. But uh, yeah, it was just uh, a bad time on the PC, sadly. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's a fantastic game still either way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I played it back in the day on my old Dell. Like, I don't, I had a, uh, a GTX card, but it was like a GTX 410 or something. It's like old school. And it worked just fine on there. Like I played it just fine and beat it on there like two times. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. The, the problem is, is the game is designed to work on that and it hasn't been updated since. since you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, the patches did help. You sent us some stuff like here, try this. And then I, I installed the stuff and it was better and it happened less frequently and it wasn't as severe, but it still happened. So, yeah. well, for what it's worth, um, the playing the 360 version on an Xbox One might yeah. be one of the more stable ways to play it from what I'm hearing from you guys. Um, there are some logistical issues that are kind of weird. Um, I had the Game of the Year edition. So to get the DLC, you actually have to like sign into the Xbox store and individually purchase each one of the DLCs. Like they don't automatically download like most games do. It was kind of mm-hmm. weird. I had to read a bunch of Reddit threads to figure out what was going on. Uh, but once I got everything set up, I didn't have too many crazy glitches in the gameplay, like, you know, clipping or any kind of weird stuff. The the one thing that happened maybe four or five times throughout my entire playthrough was just hard freezes with like a glaring audio glitch that would just mm-hmm. like, you know, just, oh my God, turn this off right now. Um, but that, ha- like I said, that maybe happened four or five times, turn off the system, turn it back on. Uh, the one drawback of playing on console is that there's no quick save function. So you have yeah. to kind of uh, 
create your own quick saves by waiting one hour or fast traveling or sleeping. Uh, or you can hard save, but you have to pause the game, go into the menu, create a new save, and so on. So there's no like save button. Mm. Yeah, and actually um, being like playing a lot of console games too. Um, the first game I ever saw with a quick save and it like blew my mind. I was like, finally on console was Wolfenstein 1. Like they actually finally had a quick save. I was like, yes, finally. And then it was slow. It wasn't a quick save. Like you pause it <laughs> and then like you have to hold the button and then it like saves for like 20 seconds and then you can go back to playing. I'm like, that's not a quick save. Like, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Anyway, uh, random tangent. Like OG <laughs> Wolfenstein 1? Like no, like the one that the rebooted one. So, oh, the reboot. Yeah, okay. the reboot on the PS4. You see, you're talking to someone who... There's so many Wolfensteins that are all named the same thing. You I know. I should have specified. Yeah. <laughs> I love uh, how Ryan says Wolfenstein. That Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein. <laughs> Wolfenstein. Sorry. There you go. Are you happy now? Are you? Isn't satisfied? it Wolfenstein? Wolfenstein. <laughs> That's cut to cut the Wolfensteins. Okay, so we uh, started this game. Uh, we got shot. We got thrown into uh, a, a grave. A robot saves us. Uh, we build our character. We we're ready to go. We're in the we're in the town. Uh, you talk to everybody in the town. You do that. The, all that all that stuff mm -hmm. in that first town was basically uh, train like training. It was kind of like training yeah. missions and that. Just telling you how the game is working. So once you're done that, where are you going? What are you doing? Do you go right to go find Benny, or did you go off on a tangent to do other things? What did you do, Ryan? After you got out of that town. First off, is this the uh, only Fallout one to not start in a vault for you? Yeah, I don't know if we talked about that yeah. as well before you yeah. joined in. But no. We did, we did, yes. we did. You did? Okay, sorry. All right, I was just going to yes, ask for is. my own. Because like I said, I'm not as familiar with the other ones. So, uh, yeah, I, I pretty much stayed on the beaten path. I would do the occasional side. I think I helped, like, I did most of the side quests in the first town. I, I did all those just because I was unfamiliar with the game, so I wanted to <clears throat> get a grasp on it because it, it was uh, with everything. But after that, I, I, I kind of stayed on course and, and tried to stick to the um, the main story just so I could, uh, in, until I got my bearings. And then again, like I said, uh, the occasional side quest I'd go do. But the funny thing is, is it's not like once after the first town, and even there wasn't a lot in the first town, like... You'd get like one or two, but mostly it would keep you on that main quest. It wasn't like huge detours until you reached that one like, um, what was it, like rocket plant with all the ghouls that are trying to get to their uh, final location with the, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that thing. Yeah. Like that was the one that got more, that was like the first side quest that was actually really, you know, expansive because you had to find them, then you had to save them, and then you had to figure out how they get the rockets to do unless if you convince the one guy that he's not a ghoul and sabotage it or whatever, you know? Yeah. So, so that was like the first side quest that actually had multiple, multiple steps to it, you know, but mostly I tried to stay on the path, you know, uh, because I wasn't as familiar with the game and, but every now and then if it was a, a curious quest, I'd, I'd go on it. Okay. What about you, Josh? What'd you do? I, uh, what's that, what's that first, like, I guess it depends on which direction you go to, like the casino, the first casino area. I always just go straight there, and uh, and usually I just do the main path, but this time I was kind of just farting around in the game. I feel like we were just kind of doing whatever uh, mission we uh, just felt like was fun to go do. 
uh just like i oh, was randomly go this direction and we actually played that goal mission for sure too like i don't know i just i feel like we were kind of aimless this playthrough because mm-hmm. i've played it before but uh just meeting random people and doing all these just really wacky uh, side quests is so fun and um death claws of course that's like a staple of the franchise like mm-hmm. we uh went to this random uh cave i was like let's go in this cave why not and there was four <laughs> death claws just standing there we're like oh shit you know running away <laughs> just stuff like that that that's the kind of hijinks is super fun to play like um th- you wouldn't think this game would be fun to play with somebody but like hey where do you want to go what do you want to do hey what do you want to you know uh, have this person uh say or next or whatever makes the game just a lot more fun to play um but I just had I just had a good time, man. It was it was fun. This would be a, a fun game, and and I tried to do this, but my but I don't know if it was uh, New Vegas or if it was my computer that didn't like it. But this would be a fun game to like live stream and like interact with your chat and be like, okay, mm. we have options here. What do we do? You know. Yeah. So yeah. I can see what you mean by that. Like, okay, should we be nice or should we just kill everyone in the town? You know, something like that or something. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I I always go to that uh that uh. It's like a, a hotel motel place with the di- the dra- uh, dinosaur. Yep. I always try to go there oh, yeah. and uh, get Boone uh, as my companion. I usually start with him yeah. and yeah, uh, uh, usually go from there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he gives you the spotter perk and it didn't really work out with the build I had. But, uh, you know, generally, I've, I don't know. I, I I just feel like I was aimless this time. I, I, it's really hard to describe it, but uh, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it, it, was, it was super fun. I don't know. That's all. That's the most thing I can say. <laughs> all right. What about you, Sean? So I actually want to mention, Kevin. You mentioned earlier that um, playing the Outer Worlds made you want to revisit this game, and I just mm-hmm. want to throw out there that I had the same exact experience because I love the Outer Worlds, and my playthrough of that game was like very intense. Uh, but very deep. I did everything that I possibly, I didn't 100% it, but I did everything I could. Every mission that came in onto my plate, I did it. Um, which, like I said, was very different from the first time I played New Vegas, where maybe I was just trying to, you know, roll mainline the main mission and roll the credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, where this playthrough is a complete opposite. In fact, I was posting on the forums, like, I've done so much stuff and was not. Before I even got to Freeside, I had done so many tons of, of side missions and had so much gear and, and and loot and stuff. Like, I'd probably I have probably played a dozen to fifteen hours before I got into that first section of the main quest. So I was running around trying to do everything, trying to explore, find all the landmarks, and uh, I guess can we say like the game is really split up into three acts mm-hmm. i guess you could say and i was i remembered from the first time i played the game that there were certain like points of no return like you make decisions that uh, that are set in stone and affect the rest of the game so that was another thing that kind of played into me wanting to explore and do everything and just have this like freedom to do side quests and talk to npcs and all that kind of stuff before I actually moved on with progressing the story. So I was really like diving deep and even just doing, again, just wandering, fighting whatever monsters came up on me and that kind of stuff, like aimlessly um, early on in the game. Okay. So sounds like all of us uh, did a lot of exploration because you can, if you know where, 
where Vegas is, as soon as you're done with that town, you, you could just walk straight to, to Vegas. And mm-hmm. uh, I think you need a thousand caps to get in, but you can walk in and right into Mr. House and start like get the second act of the game going if you want to. Um, but I was surprised um, how much that first act basically steers you around like the Mojave Desert, almost in a U-shape to go back up to uh does, to, yeah. to vegas you know it's all it's kind of steering you along that that route just in terms of what uh, uh missions it gives you and then when you get to a town do a few things in that town and move on to the next town kind of thing um and then it, it really wants you to get to that vegas uh and you know have i guess like the wow moment because that's really like the only part in the game where everything's kind of condensed you know mm-hmm. like where they have all the buildings and everything like that so you kind of that's really the only place in the game i i felt like i was somewhere i wasn't just out in the desert with a bunch of other like you know like you'd run into little communities and that was like felt like a real location and it, it, the game kind of like kind of wants you to get there all the time yeah. just get to vegas already you know because we don't want you to stop playing the game we want you to get to the good stuff uh-huh. uh, not that the other stuff isn't good it's just like they want you they really wanted to show you vegas uh so then once i got there then it felt like it opened up even more like it didn't feel like there was anyone kind of like pushing me along it was just pretty much do whatever the heck you want uh once you got there and it was funny too because i did so much stuff and getting money and all that like when you reach that that part in vegas and it's like okay if you want to get past this part like you can talk your way around it or whatever uh but you're going to need a thousand caps if you want to get in and it's like i think i had like twenty thousand caps i was mm-hmm. like man, that's no problem man i got that covered i, I can go right in there so um so yeah once uh once you get to Vegas, you know, you got, you finally find out like uh, basically how, why you were shot. Uh, you, you run into Benny. He explains like the whole thing, like how he was kind of, I guess, uh, set up in a way. Like he, he was basically told to like, he has, he has to shoot you and get this package back or something like that. I can't remember. I'm not very good with story, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> basically that's where you meet Mr. House. And he's the kind of guy, he's the guy in Vegas that's pulling all the strings and he's, Kind of like uh, from uh, Citizen Kane. He's uh, Orson Welles in Citizen Kane. He's kind of got that vibe and everything, but he's uh, you just he's on a, a screen. You're looking at a, a young image of of this guy who's like at least a hundred years old at this point or something. And um, you know, you're talking the, the bombs initially dropped, and he protected. Yes, mm-hmm. right. So yeah, and he's, so I guess he's like two hundred years old. Uh, so. So you're talking to him and you don't know if you're actually talking to an actual person or if you're talking to a program or anything like that. Um, but he gives you like he he's got some agenda that he wants you to do. Uh, and then when you get out there and you start like like he sets you on a path, like you go talk to this person, talk to that person. So you got all these fractions and everything within the game. You got the Caesar's Caesar. Legion. Factions, factions, not fractions, factions. Okay. <laughs> Wolfenstein. Uh, so you got the the Legion. You got the not the NRA, but the what the N the NCR, NCR uh, who are kind of like this group that's kind of trying to run everything. They're kind of trying to start a government kind of thing. There's all all sorts. There's there's this one place where like it's a town and they just they're throwing bombs at you. They don't want anyone in there. They see anyone approaching, they just throw bombs at you. Mm-hmm. So no one, everyone's like, yeah, don't go there. You can't get into there. Um, so at this point, like, how did you guys approach the game? Because I'll just tell you how I did it. I felt like as if how I was doing, I was like 
better than anybody else in the game. I kind of felt like I was like Superman. I felt like, okay, look, Mr. House, you got all these problems. I'm the guy that can fix it. Like, why are you, why am I listening to you? I don't need to listen to you. No one could get to the, this town where they're throwing bombs at everybody. I got there. I talked to everybody. I made friends with everybody. No one else could do it, but I'm the guy that could do it. The seeds are legion. He's a, I couldn't save Benny, but I still like did a whole bunch of stuff behind their back and everything. And they're, they're kind of, so everybody in this game was chumps to me. So I mm-hmm. just treated like everyone is chumps. And I did every, at the end of it, I did everything for this guy. Like this guy was going to be running everything. Uh, so I kind of played it like uh, Clint Eastwood would in a man with no name, uh, you know, like how he's just kind of playing both sides against each other and all that. So that's how I played it. Um, how about you, uh, Ryan? Did you even make it that far? Yeah, well, <laughs> like I said, I still have to get to the point. Vegas? No, no, no. Okay. Choosing who I would, you know, kind of side with mostly. Uh, I, I avoided the Legion as long as I could. I think my brother-in-law, that, that first town that you run into, that Legion has everyone hanging and stuff like that. Yeah, like, yeah. I go talk to him. I'm like, no, I'm not. I just <laughs> I'm like, I'm not talking. There's people hanging on crosses. I'm not talking to those people. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, so I avoided talking to them for the longest time possible and stuff like that. So uh, I actually like the robots. I don't know why. Like all the robots with the, the, the cowboy personalities and stuff like that. Like, they're not their own faction, but they kind of are because they're kind of employed by House and stuff like that. Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, but uh, I know there is an option to side with them I, I, as one of the endings, so maybe that's where I would go. Uh, that's but, totally what I did. <laughs> yeah, that's totally what you did. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so I, I actually found myself enjoying, like, the robots, even though they're not technically a faction the most because, you know, and like NCR, like, they seemed okay. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm going to do a, a cheap plug for a, a for not me, but there's this guy on YouTube. If if you really like Fallout lore, his name is Oxhorn, and he actually goes through, and he goes through every faction in New Vegas, and he does the pros and cons on which one is the most moral or which one is the best to side with. And you would actually be surprised with. Who, I'm not going to say who he chooses in the end, Mr. But, House. Uh, no, he doesn't choose Mr. <laughs> House. Uh, and and actually, I'm not even sure if there even is a choice at the end for the most part. But he's done lore for all the fallouts, including four, three, New Vegas, and he like deep dives into everything, including side quests. Like he will go into the lore for side characters mm, and nice. how they got like it is nuts. Like like you'll just click on one of his videos and be like, oh, I'll just see what this story is, and then three hours later, you'd know the entire lore behind this one character who is standing next to a building that put you on one side quest. And, you know, it's like, it's nuts. But if you ever want a, a good watch, if you love Fallout lore, go find Oxhorn on YouTube because he has hundreds of videos on not just New Vegas, but anything else Fallout-wise. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Josh, what about you? Um. I, I usually try to do what you do where it's more of an independent, like I I'm me for me, um, whatever benefits me, whenever people are talking to things, uh, I've done the ending where, uh, you kill Mr. House at the end. Uh, I've done that ending. And then I did the ending where you don't, and you kind of side with him and everything's kind of like, I, I mean, there's so many different endings to this game. I'm, I don't even know how many, how many do you think like 30? I don't know. I feel like there's so many different ways it can end, but, um, I, Usually just do kind of what you, you were saying. I, I go and whatever sounds best for number one, I'll do that. Um, right. But uh, I did do a playthrough 
where I kind of did everything for Mr. House and I really hated the ending. I was like, eh, this, this, this ending sucks. This yeah. is, this is terrible. Uh, cause it kind of like this overlord, like basically taking control of everything. And he's just kind of like this, uh, unknowable voice or whatever, you know, just over the entire Mojave and new, new, new Vegas, everything, you know, and it's just like, Nope, you know, this is a really depressing ending and I didn't like it. So, um, it's a lot more fun to do the independent, like me for me type of yeah. playthrough. I think it, it's, it's not an easy choice. Cause they do make it sound like as if he kind of has it together. I mean, he saved this city, right? Like yeah. everything was, so it sounds like as if he's got the building blocks for something, but in the end, it was like, I'm going to give him all these robots to rule over everybody. No, yeah. I'm going to take the robots and I'll rule everybody. Cause yeah, you know, this, you're you got this desert and it's it's a complete mess. As far as I'm concerned, I can run it better than you. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of like this this voice of God, I guess, taking control of these Securiton droids yeah. and taking over everything. So it's kind of like, do I want to side with that dude or do I want to just be uh, the ultimate badass? You know, so that's that's kind of how I, I, I agree. That's probably the best way to play this game. And I like right. Mr. House because he's voiced by uh, Odo from deep space nine but yeah he has a really cool voice i I agree according Uh, to there's only four main endings to it four main endings but there's like there's like a lot of like variations depending on who you side with and they'll mention it there's like the side stuff where they tell you about Uh, yeah and ron perlman at the end is the one who narrates it too fun fact yes right well ron perlman has been the voice of all the fallout games he's been the narrator yeah since uh the first one okay what about you sean so it's funny because I think I have implied the first time I played the, the game, I kind of rushed through it and I did the yes man ending, which is the one you guys are talking about, just kind mm-hmm. of the independent ending. Mm-hmm. Um, and this time I said, oh, I'm going to role play. I'm going to pick a different faction and maybe I'll even do a Legion uh, alliance. But I don't know what it is about these type of games like, you know, Bethesda games or Mass Effect games or whatever. When I try to role play, I can never do it and I can never like enjoy the game doing something that I wouldn't do myself in real life. So what I did instead was try to complete as many of the little side bonuses that make the ending better. For example, recruiting the boomers, Kevin, Mm -hmm. like you were talking about. It makes the damn attack a lot more exciting. If you do uh, Ganon's loyalty quest, you got another team of very interesting characters who will join you at the the final battle. So what I did was try to, you know, put as much icing on the cake as I could for that yes man ending. I also, I didn't even know you could do this. There's a side quest that Caesar sends you on where you end up upgrading the Securitrons. So I don't know if it changes much as far as gameplay. By the time you're at the end of the game, you're very powerful or whatever. And but then they get missile the Securitrons that you that are on your side have missile launchers and stuff. So um, yeah, that's that's the way I went for. I could I I just couldn't change. It's funny. I I don't think I can ever side with the Legion, for example. And one thing that (laughs) it's so funny. I thought um, I know that if you if you start to side with the Legion and gain Caesar's trust, you can actually do like a heart surgery on him. And from what I understand, you can actually purposely botch the heart surgery and kill him. And I thought, wow, that's so cool. I really want to do that. 
but I couldn't get that far <laughs> as far as being like in the Legion. Right. And like, I just couldn't stomach it. Yeah, so I yeah. did exactly what I did the first time I played the game, which was just got fed up with the assassination squads coming after me. I went to the outpost <laughs> or whatever it's called and just killed Caesar and everybody that was there. And oh, yeah. uh, they, the assassination squad still come for you, but just the satisfaction of knowing that Caesar was dead. You know? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did do that upgrade to the robots, and the entire time my stomach was turning watching these robots with these big missiles because I'm like, they're gonna turn on me. I just know this game is messing with me. There's no way I, I'm. <laughs> well, did you did you catch? There's one brilliant line at the end of the Yes Man ending where he says. I've upgraded my firmware so I can yes. be more assertive. Yes. <laughs> I'm then, like, oh, man. That's all he, he says. And it's like, just like, I, I thought Yes Man was playing me, man. I thought that was <laughs> it, man. He's going to be running the show, and I'm going I'm going to be the chump at the end. Thankfully, that didn't, uh, that didn't happen. Or at least um, you didn't see it on screen. It happened after the credits, you know. Right. <laughs> implied, for sure. It implied it, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I know I kind of skipped ahead in the story. There's a few other chunks I want to talk about. Uh one is the, the uh, companions or side companions. Uh, I know there's a bunch of them. This time when I played it, I only, I really only grabbed two. I, I ran into a couple other instances where I could grab more, but I didn't want to send people home or whatever. I, I like my, so I, my crew was basically uh, Cassidy, who was like this female gun. She's like, she's in the NCR and that kind of save her from the NCR. Get out of yeah. that. Come, come join with me. And then the dog, I thought there were, the dog was cool. That whole storyline where you find the dog brain and everything to put into the, he uh, was, he was cool and he was following me around for a long time. But uh, when I went to go play the DLC, I couldn't take them into the DLC with me. So I had to tell them to go to the casino and wait for me at the casino. So when I went back to the casino, Cass was there, but I could not find the dog. I don't know what happened to the dog. That's that's actually a common glitch. You have to go back to the um, where I'm totally blind. The king's uh, bar, the king's place, where you first meet the king and and get the dog. Oh, it, it's some okay. kind of glitch. And actually, if you if you wait long enough, the dog will actually eventually make it back to the 38, but you can just go to uh, King's bar okay. and, and get him back. Okay. So. Well, I got to get my dog back. That was yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, so those were my companions. Um, uh, Ryan, did you have any companions? Did you pick up anybody? Mess too much with them. I got the, the sniper guy in the, in the T-Rex is kind of the first one. I okay. Yeah, boom. That that was an interesting storyline. Yeah, it's a good one. Because uh, I'm just like, uh, and, and I kind of I I kind of already knew who it was because my brother-in-law played the mission before me. Like he was playing his own thing, and so I'm just like, okay, so this will be. So this was like the easiest. It was like the easiest mission ever. So I got the mission. It was late at. It was pretty late anyway. Well, uh, I think I fast forwarded until it was late, and so I went down to the lady who was. The problem, I'm not going to give away the mission. Basically, the mission was his wife was missing and basically got sold into slavery. And so you had to find out who did that. And so you you break into this shopkeeper's chest and find out that she has, which I don't know why you would have a bill of sales for this. This is <laughs> You're gonna keep a record. Why you would have a bill of sales for selling someone into slavery is the dumbest thing ever. So you find this bill of sales saying that this lady is basically what? What? 
They always had bills of sales for slavery back. <laughs> oh, okay, they always had. <laughs> historically accurate. <laughs> historically accurate. Okay. Uh, my wife has informed me that I am stupid, and it is historically accurate that there are bills of in the Fallout universe. I'm saying that. Oh, that's great. Yes. <sighs> Okay. We should have her as a fact checker, just sitting right behind you. You know. I already got in trouble because my room is messy, thanks to you. So thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, anyway, um, so anyway, so I, I fact check. I'm like, okay, I, and and so the sniper dude basically, I forgot his name. Sorry. Boone. Boone tells you, okay, I'm here from midnight to six in the morning. It, whoever it is, bring wear this hat and bring it out front of the T-Rex. So I immediately leave her thing, her shop, which she isn't there anymore because it's the middle of the night, and she's standing right there by the door and says, hi. I'm like, oh, this is convenient. I'm like, come with me. And I just walk in front of the T-Rex. I put the hat on. Boom! Her head gets blown off. I'm like, that was easy. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know. It was fun. And then, like, the little things where, like, if you piss off a faction and they come to get you, like... You're just randomly walking like, we're mad at you. I'm like, that's great. I have vats. Dead, dead, dead. <laughs> Thanks for your equipment. I'm going to go sell it now. Which I am horrible with that in these games. Like, do you have that OCD to just collect and sell everything? Yes. Uh, I, I just, when it comes to RPGs, I get yeah. this thing like. Just grab oh, everything. I can't use this giant gun and it's taking up half my inventory or my weight, but I bet you I could sell it for something really good. Yeah, yeah. Know? And what are you going to use that money for? You never end up using it for, for anything. But, you know, it's kind of like little OCD things. So Start like, hoarding. Like yeah. On Mars, I had like billions of dollars when I didn't need it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Josh. Uh, yeah. Opinions? Uh, I did mention I did start off with Boone. Uh, I feel like it's a, it's kind of like a straight walk to get over there and do that mission. That's really, like you were saying, it's a really interesting mission, so it's fun to do. Um, I did have Cass for a while, or Cassidy. Is it Which which one is it? Cass or... Cassidy or Cass. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have her. I did her mission. Um, where is it? It's it's in the Mojave outpost. Uh, you do like a little mission with her. Uh, I think you have to buy like her whole, her whole caravan out. Is that what it was? She, I forget. Yeah, she's like in this caravan. She owes a bunch of money. Yeah, that's what it you is. Have yeah. To, yeah, you have to buy her. I think I just missed that because I thought she was an interesting character too. So. Do um, you guys one, know with Cass? Sorry, there's another option. You you can buy her out, but you can also go down this like conspiracy uh, trail where yeah. these caravans are getting attacked, and you yes. get to the root of the problem. That, that's a way more interesting way to do that quest, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, that's how I did it. Okay, well, I mean, uh, I also, in a previous playthrough, I played with Eddie. You know Eddie? He's like this like eyeball droid looking thing. I don't know. It was like a robot. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I, I didn't do it this time, but he's pretty fun uh, ca uh, companion in a Eventually, we did get uh, on this playthrough. We did get Rex, uh, the the dog, and okay. build it and do that whole mission. And uh, he's just a fun little companion to have. I I, I like having him in my party. So, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Sean? Yeah, it's funny because I watched I watched a lot of YouTube videos on who were the best companions, and they were going on like what specs they had and how much defense and how much you know damage they do, and it's like. I pick my companions based on who's cool and who, you know, has good voice acting and who's like friendly or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I ended up getting them all uh, in this playthrough. Nice. Um, I mostly used Cass. Uh, no, sorry, sorry. I used Cass a lot in like the beginning part of the game, uh, just because I really liked her, and I didn't, I didn't encounter her at all in my first playthrough. I didn't even know she existed until this playthrough. Um, and I want to tack on something Ryan said: is that the carrying capacity is probably one of the most <laughs> <laughs> most beneficial things about the companions, especially yep. when you have two with you, because you can have Eddie or Rex with another companion. So you can be running around with two companions and uh, they all have like a 220 uh, weight limit. So I didn't have a high strength and I didn't take the perk that gives you extra carrying weight. My, my capacity was at 200 for my entire playthrough just because you can dump all their stuff, uh, all your stuff on them and they make funny quips about it. And that's why one of the reasons my favorite companion, not just in this game, but maybe of all time is Veronica. Um, just spectacularly voiced by Felicia day. Um, an amazing character, just very it's such an endearing and sweet character with this great backstory. Her loyalty mission is, is really cool, especially if you, uh, and it can play out in different ways, depending on what your relationship with the brotherhood of steel already is. Another thing I love about her is that she does melee attacks and explosives. So you can just dump all of it. Like for me, I was doing a guns playthrough, no melee, no explosives. So I'd give her all the best melee weapons and every grenade of uh, grenades mines and you know uh dynamite and all that stuff just give it to her and sh she just <laughs> throws it around like crazy <laughs> that's um, awesome but yeah i just i remember falling in love with veronica on my first playthrough and uh, about halfway through the game i just stuck with veronica and rex for the rest of what i've been playing uh, i did everybody's loyal mission uh, loyalty mission except for Raul. I, I've heard that his loyalty mission is not that great, so I didn't go out of my way to do it. But uh, I'm pretty sure I did everybody else's. And like I said, Ganon's is really good. Cass's is really good if you if you do it uh, yeah. the way I described. And Veronica's is, is cool. So, um, yeah, companions in this game are great. Veronica is the all-time best <laughs> companion of all time. And uh, I just I just love her so much. Wow. The, I, I the, never used her. I've never... Me either. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah, you guys got to recruit her. She's makes, amazing. Makes me want to go play some more talking about it. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. So no one uh, grabbed the uh, uh, grandma... Uh, super mutant uh, yeah lily yeah lily oh yeah she's great too yeah, <laughs> yeah. She was awesome. was on her. yeah. People, like she's kind of one of those cult following side characters i thought she was a, a riot i actually enjoyed that whole super mutant uh that was an awesome. area that 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 was really i guess we could talk about some of the areas that uh so that was a good area <laughs> um <laughs> that whole thing we go in there and it's michael dorn uh, who uh, who's Commander Worf on Star Trek: The Next Generation? But he's voicing a uh, super mutant that's uh, at the door, and you can do a whole bunch of little things for the super mutants and that. And that's where you get the the scientist too that does the uh, that puts the brain in the dog, right? I'm, I got that right. Okay. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. And another one that I just this this side I'm not sure if it's a side mission or what. I don't know what the hell this is, but this was just crazy. I thought this was so cool. Where you go into, I think it's called Vault Twenty Two, 
and you need to go in there and get something. I can't remember what it is, but the entire place is infested with plants and these plant people. Did you guys do that mission? That thing yeah, is it's, it's great. Man. I love it. Oh love my it. goodness, Ryan, th this is something that'd be right up your alley. You got to find Vault Twenty Two. Go back in the game, find because you go in there, and so it, it's like a regular vault, but there's just plants everywhere, and there's these human beings who got this disease, and they turn into these plant people, and you go into a room, and you think there's nobody in there, but they're in there and they're hiding. They're kind of crouched down, and the, and they're hiding. So you kind of kind of find them and and spot them and kind of take them out because you don't they'll just get up and they'll just start running towards you and melee you to death and that thing was crazy and the i know i put audio as a second sec, separate section but i don't know if we'll get to it the music in that section was so crazy it was like this it the game kind of goes to it a few times but this was the first time i had heard it where it's like this kind of weird like electrical talking in the background uh, uh, on this uh, eerie like score and that and that that really sucked me in. That was like my absolute favorite part of the game. That, that's one of the things that I always, I mean, like again, I don't have as much experience, but I always thought the vaults in the Fallout series uh, and in the videos I've watched, like with Oxhorn, are always very fascinating because each one has a very unique backstory. And you're always like, the vault is always some twisted experiment gone wrong. Or some sort of social commentary or something. Yeah. So it's always yeah. fun when you find one and you're just like, what kind of twisted crap am I going to find in here? Or in the cases where there are survivors and they're like, okay, so what's wrong with these people? You know, like there's very few times you find a vault in the Fallout universe and everything's fine, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like there's a way that it's supposed to work and more often than not, it doesn't work yeah, that way. You find out that, you know, there's, they were being monitored by someone else or this or that. Yeah. Yeah. Experimental drugs are being pumped into them the entire time and they didn't know it, you know, and stuff like that. All so. right. Did you, uh, in your limited playthrough, did you uh, <laughs> find anything that uh, like that, that interests you, like any sort of side quest or anything that you thought was really cool? Um, yeah. Like you said, uh, I, I thought the, 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 well, this one isn't, I guess it was, but the, the Google one was the first one that I, I thought was interesting because, you know, it's the whole thing where you have all these ghouls that are trying to go to their great thing in the sky and stuff like that. And it's an early one, but uh, it, it told an interesting story because you enter it and there's a bunch of the, the stealth orgs or uh, stealth, um, or what are they called? I'm, I'm terrible with the names of orcs? the two. The orcs. The, They're not the orcs. Super, the super mutants? Yeah, they're basically super mutants, but they call Oh, yeah, that was else. cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was cool, too. Yeah. And so they're all stealth, and so you have to be careful because of that. And then you you actually are talking with the them, and you run into a human at first, and you're and he's talking like them. Yeah, yeah. And then you find out like, yeah, we're just going along with it. He thinks he's one of us, yeah, you yeah. know. <laughs> we're just keeping around because he's useful, you know. And and it just keeps kind of unfolding, and you and you find out they have rockets that they're going to take into space and. And all yeah, of a sudden, that was know, wild, man. That was, it was wild. Like, and I thought it was kind of fast because I just thought it was just a quick mission and it just kept unfolding and unfolding and he had to yeah. help him get space and stuff. And and then it was up to you to convince the, the human that he was human and not really uh, 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 whatever they're called, uh, the glowing people, whatever the heck. Um, that, that felt like it should have been... Um, a, a DLC like that was so like expansive, yeah, almost was, expansive enough to be DLC. That was a good example of its own separate story 
Yeah. You know, and, and they do a good job with that with side quests. Sometimes it's just a quick story, but other times you just get this whole other side story like like that. And I, I, I always appreciate that because it just keeps expanding. You find out more, there's more layers. You find out, yeah, that guy really is a human. He's just cracked up from living in a vault all this time. He, you know, he, he thought he was one of the glowing ones or something like that. Just because right. he went bald, basically. And so <laughs> it's up to you to, you know, keep going along with it because you find out he's going to get left behind because he can't go because the radiation is going to kill him. But he doesn't know that. So you you get this thing like, well, do you tell him he's going to die? And then if you do and you convince him he's human, he either you he wants to sabotage him. He gets pissed. And you have to go through a lot of dialogue to convince him still not to sabotage it. Like, because it goes, no, don't worry, you're a good person. But underneath it, it's like, but yeah, sabotaging would be a good idea. And that's it for like five different lines. It really yeah. wants you to say, yeah, sabotage it. But if you stick with it, you can convince them, no, it's okay. You can go back to being a human, that kind of stuff. So I like that. I like the layers. I like the the interpersonal stuff where like, yeah, they were using him, but they were appreciating him because he was going to help them get to their final goal. And it wasn't like they were using him out of, like, mocking him or anything like that. It was just like, well, he was sent to us to be useful. That was their way of looking at it. Instead of in his mind, you know, he just, you know. So it was, it had, like, deep layers to it. And that was an early mission. So I thought that was kind of cool, like, just yeah. kind of throwing that stuff. Absolutely. All right, what about you, Josh? Uh, there's a couple of missions in this game that are really interesting. Um, I, I I just like the I know it's a main story, but I do love the chase of Benny through like the hotel and stuff and mm -hmm. like uh, like all the things you can sneak through and kill all the guys in there. I always thought that was a cool set piece. There's also this like side quest. Uh, there's like this crazy like super mutant like radio host and she's on top of this place called Black Mountain. And you can go up there and kill her and she sends like a bunch of mutants at you and stuff. I just remember playing that mission and just having a blast. Oh, wow! And, I don't yeah. I didn't play that. Yeah, and that's where you get Raul. Yeah, oh, is oh. that where you? That's where you get Ra Raul. Yeah, she's she's just like super crazy, and um, it's it's such a hard area too, and um, yeah, I just remember having a good time with that one. Um, and of course, I, I've mentioned Boone twice or three times. That that whole entire storyline that Ryan mentioned is just super fascinating to me, and I, I, it's one of my most memorable moments in the game. And also, I was thinking about it, like. I think this game does have a vault moment. Like we were saying that this game doesn't have a vault moment. Like you walk out, you see like a blinding light. I think that when you get in new Vegas for the first time, like yeah. that, that really would be the same thing as the vault moment of this game. In my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was just saying like you, your character coming from a vault, you're not actually a character. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure your character isn't actually from a vault in this. Has he has it ever revealed that he initially came from a vault or no? They just say the, the courier, right? Like, they yeah. Don't say, say yeah, but I, I, I think that the moment where the New Vegas is revealed, I mean, this is all obvious yeah. stuff, like yeah. main plot points, but like, I just thought, I think all that stuff is just, I think the world that they build in this, the setting and everything is just, um, it's very Fallout, but it still has its own unique feel. Mm. So any mission that's, uh, all around the edges is always really interesting too. I, I just think this game is just this awesome. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really bad at describing stuff sometimes, but oh, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Sean? So two locations kind of stuck out in my mind. One, oddly enough, is the sniper nest above Cottonwood Cove because oh, yeah. there's not too much special about it except that there's a bed and there's a 100 lock pick 
uh, gun case that contains the Gobi campaign sniper rifle, which is one of, if not the best, I can't remember, uh, sniper rifles in the game. And for somebody who, uh, who's doing a gun build like me, very useful. And then, but I would use it to, because it's kind of in a remote area, elevated high above Cottonwood Cove, I would fast travel there if I needed health to sleep there for an hour. So I was fast traveling to that place a lot just because nobody, I knew nobody would bother me there and they never right. did. The other one, um, the other one I really liked was camp golf, which is an NCR camp where kind of the outcasts of the NCR get put on desk duty and they get sent to camp right, golf. Right. <laughs> and there's actually a really good side quest called flags of our foul ups, which is, um, these four kind of, you know, NCR, uh, troops who are just sassy and they have whatever problems they have with the NCR that they got sent to camp golf. And you can actually, if it, it's a good example of something that checks many of your skills as you go through it, because you actually train these guys to shoot better and you have to have your gun skills set high enough. You train them how to throw grenades. So your explosive skill has to be high enough. And, um, you know, if, if you can complete all these things, you have trained a really good, um, group of NCR soldiers. It's really cool side quests. And I like that area in general. Cool. um, I, I noticed like everyone said that they didn't really side with anyone. Uh, no one, what, what's the deal with the NCR? Like, are they a bad fact? Like I didn't get far enough to find out what their big hiccup was, but they seemed like the better of the factions. Like what's kind of, I just felt like they were more militaristic maybe, or yeah. And they, they had like some the good intentions brotherhood in this or no. Well, there is a, the, the brotherhood is in this yeah, game. Their, their presence ain't quite as big as no. And, Oh. Actually, like if we want to talk about lame side quests, I kind of find found their whole thing kind of a little bit boring. Uh, it was. Did you it, do the self destruct sequence? No, no, <laughs> I, I left them that? alone. Yeah, oh, okay. no, I left them alone. I was just like, just stop bothering me with this Brotherhood of Steel because they just didn't seem like very interesting. I I got it. Like there was like the idea was to make it like that this guy was trying to take over all the brotherhood of steel. And he had the question, whether not the old man who was in charge, whether he had his marbles with him or that, or if he was, you know, who, who to side with and all that. And I just, I don't know. I actually I kinda, installed the new guy. It was pretty interesting. Did you? Again, it's more that, that you're right about that side mission was kind of like soap opera ish, but um, it was, it came out way better on this playthrough for me than my uh, first playthrough. I think the first time I played it, I went in there and killed everybody. <laughs> yeah. I didn't threw and shot everybody because I wanted some power armor or something. I can't remember. Um, what was I going to asshole before that? Oh, geez, uh, the NCR, they kind of the stand oh, yeah. for the brotherhood in a way. Like, yeah, and the, uh, just you know, they're okay. They just seemed like there was a lot of people in it that were corrupt. Like, oh. it wasn't run very well. It could have been like you know that first town that you go in. The NCR is kind of like can't fix this uh small town you know it and it's like, like they're all talking about paperwork all the time they're all yeah you know, nobody seemed to be happy in the ncr <laughs> unless you were like really into guns or something you know like i don't know they just they didn't seem like they seemed like a, the better option than a lot of the others but they they still didn't rub off too well on me i i didn't really care for them oh, well, uh, too much 
like they had problems with like those guys that they uh, put in a, that Red Canyon, you know, and they couldn't deal mm-hmm. with them. It's like I went in there and dealt with them. They were fine. I don't know what you get. What your problem is, man? You know, you just fix things. But we're like a super soldier. We took a freaking gunshot to the head and survived somehow. I know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, that's the way it is. That's why I'm running things. Yeah. Um, so something I was gonna. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, you mentioned weapons. Did anyone get the satellite gun? No. So funny story, I did the Helios mission and I did it wrong, but I still found the kid and got the the toy gun mm-hmm. and then found out I was beyond a point of no return. And I was like, damn, I oh. missed my chance to have that thing. Yeah. But I was a little bit um, comforted by the fact that, uh, and Kevin, hopefully you can comment on this, that it's really not at all it's cracked up to be. I saw a lot of people commenting like, it has a very small radius of attack. It doesn't do that much damage. It's just more of a spectacle and a cool thing to have in the game. Well, let me tell you, one of my favorite weapons in the Gears of War game is that uh, the hammer satellite. of dawn. The hammer of dawn. I love that. <laughs> Every time I get that hammer of dawn, I'm like, yeah, let's go mess things up. <laughs> so I was like, when I saw that there was a satellite gun in this game, I'm like, yes, I'm going to be messing everybody up. Yeah, you get it. It's kind of like, ah, man, it doesn't always work. Like you get one shot with it and, you know, everything scatters around, like everything moves around too much. You know, it's not like a big monster coming out of a pit and it's just standing there waiting for the hammer of dawn to to fall down on top of it. You know, it's like you're trying to like hit a scorpion, rad scorpion. that's like moving around and it doesn't work. So yeah, it was, it was uh, quite lame. So, and not only that in the DLC, it, uh, that I played one of the DLCs I played, it glitched out on me. And so I fired it. It didn't do anything because there was a couple of those uh, death claws. And I'm like, all right, I'll try this thing on them. Didn't do anything. And it just kept like that animation. There was an animation where it'd be like the three rays are trying to come together to shoot as one. And it, they just kept going back and forth, back and forth. So as I'm playing the game, you know, when I'm talking to a character, this, these <laughs> friggin' things are going the back and show. forth. Yeah, I should have taken like some video of it, posted on YouTube, gone viral be famous but i was kind of lazy and didn't feel like it but yeah it wasn't that great so okay um yeah weapon wise or whatever yeah i just kind of stuck to mostly long range uh guns that that just seemed to be what was most effective in that not as effective as in uh the the outer worlds where that thing it was like if you had a if you were a sniper rifle guy you could just cruise through that game i didn't find like there was any one weapon that really uh, I could stick to and use all the time. Um, I had a pretty so. full weapon inventory. Like I, I didn't want to. Like I, I was always afraid. Like I, I didn't want to throw out a close quarters weapon. I didn't want to throw out a long range weapon. You know, I had my and the the one weapon I got. I'm assuming it was DLC. Was that um, the grenade launcher that you get right off the bat? So I always kept like one explosive weapon, one long range, and then like a pistol weapon and a shotgun weapon. So mm. I always had it completely yeah. full and then i'd keep collecting because of course you had to repair your weapons so anytime you pick stuff you're constantly using it to repair your best weapons so yeah and josh you were you doing any big melee uh, weapons I, that uh yeah i mean i i would get a bunch of stuff my favorite thing to use is probably the either the throwing spear or the throwing knife spear spear um sure. but because that uh closes the gap like you guys were talking about how hard it is to close the gap okay. um those are pretty useful in that build. And uh, I would pretty much use whatever gun I could find too, because uh, 
it's kind of hard to just be 100% melee in this game. So, mm. okay. Uh, I like sniping. Sniping's fun in this game too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, and I guess Sean, that sniper weapon, that was your weapon of choice, I guess. That was good uh, for distance. Naturally. I also had uh, the riot shotgun is really mm-hmm. good, especially if you, there's a few perks that are specifically for shotguns, shotgun surgeon, I think is one that like it debuffs, uh, uh, debuffs defense uh, thresholds or something like that. It does. It lets you do crazy damage with shotguns, and the riot shotgun is just, you know, like a twelve-round capacity semi-automatic shotgun. You could just, oh, wow. yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I did have a lot of um, machine guns, light machine guns, automatic rifles, battle rifles. Like I wanted yeah. to see everything. I got a yeah. I got a bunch um, and. I like, I like that the, you know, the game is science fiction. There's energy weapons, lasers and all that stuff. But then I like that the, uh, actual firearms are based in, uh, based in real, the real world in up to the fact that the ammunition is, is pretty accurate to the real world where they let you use 38 special and a 357 Magnum. Like they went maybe deeper than they needed to on that kind of stuff. But like, Two, two, three, five, five, six being interchangeable. That's pretty interesting that they went that far um, into that. Yeah, there was a whole like, like a bench and everything that you have for making uh, ammunition and <laughs> and energy and stuff. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't really understand yeah. it too much. Like, I, I was like, I I'm not, a, I, I'm not a gun guy. I don't know stuff. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I there was like certain sort of like energy weapons that you can use, but like. I didn't I didn't uh, build up my energy uh, weapon, which it seemed like I should have because it, I ran into a few situations where it seemed like an energy weapon would have uh, come in handy. Um, but anyways, so, yeah, there was that. And then there was like also there was there was two benches. There was that bench and then there was another bench for building. Um, I can't remember what. Breaking down scrap or something. Yeah. Scrap bench or something. I kind of yeah. remember, like you can use it to mod your weapons. I, I don't know. Like, Modding so I weapons, yeah. I didn't mess with much with the benches and stuff. I, was, one of the things, now, one of the complaints I heard going into this was like the shooting didn't feel very satisfying compared to other games. And yes, this is an RPG at heart, but it is still kind of a first-person shooter uh, as well, uh, even though you can go into third person. I found it pretty satisfying. I mean, there was a lot of uh, really cool moments. Like, I, I've I think one of the cooler moments that happened early on, like the powder keggers, they all had TNT that they'd throw at you. So one of the fun things, and I kind of found this by accident, they go to throw TNT, you go into vats, you just shoot the TNT before it leaves their hand, and you just blow them all to heck. And I'm just like, well, that was satisfied. Like yeah, there's a group of cool. three powder keggers, one buddy in the middle of them had TNT in their hand, and I'm just like, you just screwed you and your buddies. <laughs> and you just zoom in, you shoot the <laughs> TNT, and you just see just gibbs flying everywhere. And I don't know. I thought it was, uh, I don't know. I thought the shooting mechanic, I mean, maybe a little floaty if you're doing it without vats, but I, I guess I rely on vats a bit more heavily than some people. But mm-hmm. even when I wasn't, you know, it, you know, it, I think it, the I th- weapons worked the way they were supposed to. You know. I really think that's why vats in, is in this game, is because they know the shooting isn't like the best shooting out there. So like here's a nice little mechanic. I know it's like a legacy thing from the original games too, but that does help them to say, okay, the guns feel a little janky just to shoot from the hip or whatever or down the scope. 
and just add this little mechanic to make it a little easier to knock out bad guys. I, I will say I did find it a little more um, like the shooting a little more satisfying on the PC compared to using a, a controller. Yeah. I did find I was able to aim a little better. Yeah, the, the shooting falls into this kind of in-between realm where you can't play the game like Call of Duty, but then if you rely on VATS too much, it, it's way overpowered at a certain point, especially once, again, with the perks, you could have super headshot accuracy and all this other stuff where you could just massacre everybody with VATS very easily. Mm-hmm. So it's almost up to you to the player uh, to kind of balance that out. And what I would do, uh, it was just kind of run around a little bit, fire from the hip, go into VATS, like just trying to, not to lean on VATS too much because it it made the game not boring, but maybe just like too rote. And I'm just VATSing everybody with a yeah. headshot, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I, I did, um, oh, what the heck was I going to say? Man, I'm having memory problems today. Oh well, whatever. Um, <laughs> oh, you were talking yeah. about that. So. I don't know why oh, I worked nine to five last night. Nine, <laughs> you're the one with the memory problems. Yeah, well, I were I got up early this morning. Um, uh, I'm I'm still getting over Eddie Van Halen dying. That, that's uh, going to be my crutch. That's what I'm going to. That's what I'm going to lean on. Um, okay, so yeah, okay, so we played the game. We did the thing. Uh, I did find the ending of the game. Uh, like we were talking, like we were talking about in the fun facts, how the idea was is that you get to play once you do all the end mission, and all that you still get to play in the Mojave Desert and see what uh, the consequences are for your decisions and that. You know, you'd still be able to do some side quests or whatever, but you'd be able to see like what happened. I did find that disappointing that that was not in this game, oh, and uh, you know, like instead, like you you get to the end of the game. And you could continue playing it, but it's it's at a save point right before you do the final point of no return. So you can mm-hmm. go and do other things, but it's like nothing, nothing's happened, which I f- found was disappointing. And I got to be honest, I found uh, the DLC to be a little disappointing in this game. I thought the first one I did was like the, it was kind of like uh, the natives were fighting. There was two native tribes that were fighting and that one was pretty good. Uh, you know, it gave you like a nice moral decision and all that it didn't seem like there was any sort of right answer to to that one um and then the second one i did was uh the um aliens were coming down from outer space or something like did you get did you guys play any of the dlc <laughs> I, I i bought it and then planned to play it on pc but didn't get to get didn't to it, it. Oh, okay. so the first the first one you mentioned was uh, Honest Hearts, Kevin. Um, yeah. So I did that one. I, I thought it was pretty good because it's actually, if I, it's funny. Can I just go into my yeah. DLC experience here? Because I, I have it kind of queued up. Um, so I was at a point towards the end of the game where I was like, okay, I'm kind of racing to the finish line here unintentionally. So why don't I take a take a little sidestep and try some DLC before I actually finish the game. So I made the mistake of picking dead money to play as my first DLC, which did, did you guys play dead money? Which one's that? So that's the one that's like survival horror where there's no healing items. You can't sleep. You can't wait. Um, Oh no, I did not play that. Yeah. So it's, um, it's a huge pain in the ass. And I think it's, uh, it would be an acquired taste. I think some people will absolutely love it, 
but it does not play like the core game in, in any way. So just prepare yourself if you're going to play dead money. So I actually had kind of a not great experience with that one because I, again, I was just cruising through the main game and just wanted to do something on the side to not finish the main game so quickly. So dead money was very interesting, but very not what I was expecting. Um, and then I also did honest hearts. Like I just said, Kevin, like you were talking about, and I remember the, the first time I played the game, I did old world blues, which I don't know if that's the one you're talking about with the scientists who are AIs yeah. or they're like TV screens. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I did that one the first time I played the game, but not this time. And then there's one more called lonesome road that I haven't played at all yet. I think I played Lonesome Road, but I, I can't remember it. I mean, it was, I didn't like how the DLC felt too, like so far removed from what was going on in the Mojave Desert. Like it felt like as if like it was like this own branch of its own thing. And it just felt like nobody in the world, in this world knew what was kind of going on in the Mojave. And I, I don't know. I just, I didn't, it, it just felt really disconnected. Um, That's one of the things I actually liked a lot about Honest Hearts because it's not Fallout-ish as far as the environments. It's actually this beautiful like desert uh, forest area with canyons and rivers, and it's not what you expect from a Fallout game as far as environments go. But it was kind of interesting to play fallout mechanics vats the shooting uh, the, the drinking the water but all the water's clean like it's it's just an interesting hmm. twist on the fallout gameplay uh, uh playing in a place that hasn't been nuked you know yeah yeah that, that's a good point it, it just i don't know it felt like uh i don't know everything that i was doing just didn't didn't matter to these people and i wanted it to matter <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to remember what lonesome road was Oh, well, if it was important, I would have remembered it, right? right. Well, yeah, that's where the guy, you're chasing this guy. Yeah, yeah, okay, I remember it now. That's the one with the 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 stupid, I, I used the satellite beam and it was doing this throughout the whole thing. So that probably distracted me from the DLC too, you know, like when you got this happening as you're trying mm. to play a game constantly, that was, that was annoying. Okay, well, I guess, that, I guess that's it for DLC. I was going to talk about graphics and audio, I don't know, Graphics were kind of, it's a 10-year-old game based on a 12-year-old game. They didn't really update too much for, for this one, but I don't know. Is it really important that the game looks, you know, beautiful or anything like that? it held up okay for me. Um, yeah. I thought the actual, like, the wasteland itself was a bit of boring. Yeah. Uh, it, just, it all just looked the sparse. same. When you were, it was very sparse. Uh, would, that, that was one of the turnoffs for me was... I could walk a very long way without absolutely anything happening. Like, you know, uh, like not even a random encounter or maybe a rad scorpion. And maybe sometimes that's just my fault. I just picked the, the wrong path because sometimes I'd purposely go off the beaten path, but I wouldn't run into anything. Um, so the in-between destinations was a bit on the boring side graphically wise, but otherwise I think it, it served its purpose as being a desolate wasteland, you know. Yeah, I mean, it feels Fallout. That's, I mean, I, I guess if you've never seen a Fallout game, you wouldn't like know what to expect. But everybody has seen Fallout at least in some respect, I would assume. But you know, it has that everything's kind of uh, run down and burned out and nuked, and just every, all the people in the environments. I, I think the characters, the character models are okay. 
I think the voice acting actually leads a lot more to the character than the actual like models of the characters, which is another staple of Fallout, I think. And I think that having everything kind of sparse and like, you know, like you said, Ryan, like where you walk for a long time and not don't run into anything. You don't see any familiar faces or any bad guys for a little bit. But then you get to like New Vegas and you get to like the, you know, the set pieces of the game and it actually has a bigger impact. And I think that adds to the overall experience, in my opinion. Okay. Anything you want to say about the graphics, Sean? Anything uh, stick out to you? Yeah, I like the overall mixture of the classic Fallout, like 50s aesthetic mixed with like a cowboy aesthetic. I think they nailed that really well. And to Josh's point on the character models, I... They do have that kind of Bethesda slash Obsidian, like Bethesda engine thing where a lot of the lesser important NBCs look horrible. But I think some of the the more important characters, especially the companions, like I thought (laughs) it's weird to say, but I thought Cass was beautiful. I thought Veronica is very cute. Mm -hmm. Um, I really liked a lot of the, I think the ghouls are appropriately repulsive. Like, and I know Mm -hmm. that's a, that's just a carry through from fallout three, but you know, it's part of this game. So um, I, I think graphically uh, I, like I said, I like the fifties aesthetic, the advertisements, you know, vault tech lunch boxes and stuff. It's not Mm -hmm. as heavy as fallout three, I think. Um, but that might have been due to development time. But I think the details are there enough that it's like this is a cohesive world. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, all right. I don't, is there anything else you want to say? These guys uh, do the stuff with the the uh, cannib- cannibals, the uh, the people who like to eat. No, them. I know of that one. <laughs> the white gloves. Yeah, yeah, that kind. Yeah. Of, that kind well, of. Yeah, Before we get cool. to that, we talk about graphics. Are, mm-hmm. are we going to talk about music? Sure. Why not? Now, <laughs> I, I bring that up because I'm like kind of passionate about the music in this game. Okay. Let's, and I let's wonder, hear. did you guys play the game with the Vault Boy radio going the whole entire game? Because I no. do in these no. games. Uh, I, I usually was listening to a podcast while I was okay. playing. So. No, totally I, fair. I mean, I do it occasionally. Um, I If I get a new, like, you know, div- I, it just kind of suits the mood for me. I don't. I, do find, it all the I time. find it distracting. I, I'm trying to concentrate on the game, and uh, I, I would just end up sitting okay. there listening to the music <laughs> instead of playing the game. All right. Well, let me be the lone voice sure. to raise <laughs> up the licensed soundtrack in this game because it's phenomenal. It's a great mixture of early country music and some Vegas like Rat Pack stuff, like mm-hmm. Bing Crosby and Frank Sinatra, um, and of course the like the standout track in the game is big iron uh, i don't know if you guys have heard that but that's like uh it's one of these older like songs that tells a story like I, I don't know if you guys have ever heard the ballad of the green berets which is an old song it's not in this game but it's it's in that same vein it's just like a really uh the it, it just tells a story i don't know how else to explain it but it sounds a like great song sounds like something jo- johnny cash would cover Exactly. It's okay. it's in that same vein. Totally. I'm so glad you said that because it's that kind of thing. Perfect okay. analogy. Um, but yeah, I would recommend, um, you know, if you go on Spotify, you can just search Fallout New Vegas soundtrack. People made the playlists of them. Also, shout out to the Fallout 3 soundtracks. Same thing. Great, like older songs. Um, and they're they're out there. Um, 
But yeah, I always played with, there's two, two radio stations that play music, if I remember correctly, but one has uh, a, an announcer or DJ called Mr. New Vegas, who's actually voiced by Wayne Newton. And there's different playlists and different songs on both stations, and they do overlap a little bit. Um, but I found the one with Mr. New Vegas almost got kind of annoying. And I know it's it's Wayne Newton, and, and that's really cool. But like his delivery was, it, it was like, I think it was intentionally creepy. And it was actually kind of off-putting. So for most of the game, I just listened to the one that only played music. Hmm. So that's my two cents on that. So, so now I we guess, can talk about the white gloves eating people. I, I guess the radio is, is kind of <laughs> like the radio in the in the cars in, in a Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but it's on, you don't have to be in a vehicle. Right. It's more yeah. like Saints Row 4, where the, you can just have the music on right, at right, all right. times, which mm-hmm. is, I think it's totally rad. Just, it's part of the pastiche to me of just running around with my companions, like where this dysfunctional family just roaming the wasteland. We got, you know, we got our weapons, we got our wine and whiskey, and we got tunes playing, you know? I know that I sounds corny, but that's just like <laughs> no, that's, that's the headspace I'm in when I play these games. Rad scorpion tails, so you can fry up on the the thing, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. There was cooking <laughs> cooking in this game. You can actually cook at uh, campfires and that too. I don't think that was in Fallout Three at all. That's, that's, that's I'm pretty sure this was the only game that had that. There was a it's lot kind of, of like, mechanics that did kind of follow through and got expanded on in Fallout Four to to make it more you know, people wanting, because like I said, like I mostly ignored like using workbenches and cooking and stuff because everything I could usually just buy, you know, or something like that. Or yeah. find in the way, but I, I could see that these mechanics, how they kind of followed through and became more of a thing in, in uh, Fallout 4. And I don't know about Fallout 76, but you know, but yeah. Okay. Anything anyone else want to bring up in the game? Before we move on, before we wrap it up, we're good. We've said it all. It's all done. So We've all so. we all hanged out, hung out with the uh, cannibals. Did you guys eat any people? In the um, game? Didn't, didn't eat any. No? no, that was one where I got stuck on a a. It was intelligence. I was trying to do the that quest like the best way, which is to. Uh, you fake out the guy who's masterminding the cannibal. He's trying to like usurp the white glove society. So you can fake him out by serving food that he thinks is uh, people that he's going to say, aha, you guys were eating people. But then you can say like, no, actually it's, you know, Brahmin steak or whatever it is. Oh, wow. uh, but when I killed the cook, my intelligence was not high enough to cook the fake food, so I oh. couldn't do it. So I had to just bust the the prisoner out and kill everybody. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, man. I think I can't remember how I got out of that that one. I remember going into a room and there was a couple of dead bodies in there, and then I got attacked by a couple of guys, and I had to go back to another save because I could not. I was stuck. Like it was like I could not get out of this situation. Um, and so then I, you know, went around, played some other things and I went back to that game after I built up, I think intelligence or something like that. And then I just used my intelligence to get through that, uh, uh, that, but I did not do that. I did not fool him with the Brahmin steak or whatever. I think I just got the guy, I got the kid out somehow. I was able to fool everybody it cause there was like people walking around and that I was, I'd be like, tell the guy like, Hey, yeah, so-and-so needs to see you. And he'd go and 
and he'd leave the area so then I could get the kid out. Hmm. And then once you get him to his dad, that's it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Nothing else. So we said it all. It's a good game. Everyone's happy with the game, right? Voice acting. Voice acting was fantastic. I I agree. It was awesome. I was making sure because this is is the part where I say, okay, we're done, ready to move on. And Richard says, oh, no, I want to bring up one more thing. Well, do you guys do? Do you do general final thoughts or anything? Or we is used it to, a, but a I took it out. Of, thumbs I took up, it out. Uh, uh, we well, sure final, we can. Okay. Why not? Yeah, <laughs> we, we we did the big three questions at one point, but we yeah, I got rid of it because everyone complained about it. So I was like, you know what? I'll just get rid of no, it. It was a nice running joke. I mean, it was a good running joke that but we everyone hated it. About. All they did was complain. I, so I, I didn't. I never complained. Not once. I loved it because it was something you came up with that I could complain about. That's why I, I didn't come it. up with it. I stole it off of someone else. What are your final, final thoughts? Thought. Final thoughts is... Go, go for it, Ryan. Final thoughts? My, right? Final thoughts for a game that you only played like, you know, one-eighth of. Yes, well, final thoughts is I'm, I will probably go back to it. Um, and... Uh, I was in. I, I, it's a very enjoyable experience. I don't. Um, I don't. I don't know if I can compare. I've played enough. I can compare four and New Vegas. Uh, however, uh, I do think story-wise, New Vegas is much more interesting than Fallout Four. Uh, but yeah, I will go back to it, and uh, yeah, and uh, 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 it was it was fun. That's, that's all I got. It's great. <laughs> five <Cool>. out of five. <laughs> wow. Perfect score. All right. <laughs> five out of six. Oh. <laughs> well, still five. All right. What about you, Josh? Uh, yeah. Um, this is my, I haven't, uh, fair warning, I haven't played Fallout 1 and 2 ever, which uh, I'm assuming we, we might get to one day, but uh, I've played all the 3D ones, uh, even Fallout 76, I put some hours into that. And this is actually my favorite of that style of Fallout game. Uh, I think it's the best world. I mean, I love Fallout 3. It's it's a classic. It's a modern classic. I think it's a great game. I, I love it to death. But I feel like this one just edges it out just a little bit more from the world building and the characters. And just I just think it's just uh, just, it's just a lot more more fun to me. I think it's just, just the, be- the best of all of them. And it's crazy that they developed this thing in 18 months or what mm-hmm. is, yeah, that's, that's insane to me because like, I just always think about this game like fondly. I'm like, this game just uh, seems, uh, speaks to me really well. And uh, yeah, uh, if someone's like, Hey, which one are you going to blow play again? I'd probably pick this one over three or four. Um, four was a little disappointing to me. I still had a good time with it. And three, like I said, it's a modern classic and then this one just uh, edges it out. Uh, I think I'm repeating myself now. So yep. yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's a great game, man. I, I love great it game. to death. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. Yeah, it, it's great. It's a, it's, if you yeah, want to awesome. stop repeating, stop talking. <laughs> I know. I, I, I was like making it go and go and go until you cut me off. Okay. Now there you're cut off. That's it. <laughs> We okay, need to, Sean. We need to put a time limit up when we get to these, and then once it cuts down, everyone's mics get cut. That's actually not a bad idea. No, we're not <laughs> going to give you that power, Kevin. We're not going to do that. Though. Well, I can take people out of this, like remove them and whatnot, but I, I'm too nice of a guy to do that. Uh, Sean, final thoughts? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if it's not plainly obvious, I cherish this game, especially on a second playthrough. I mean, I would recommend people do what I did, play the play the game blind the first time through and either take your time or just, you know, do the story missions. And then the second playthrough, 
get a guide, get a nice hardbound strategy guide or some <laughs> some guide on the internet and do all the cool stuff and discover all the weird and interesting and really creative things that you can do in this game. Um, again, really love the characters. I, I give this game a 10 out of 10 and my appreciate my appreciation for Obsidian as a developer only makes me appreciate this game more over time. And I would highly recommend some of their other games. If you like this one, especially uh, alpha protocol uh, is similar. There's a lot of messed up things with that game too, but um, if you've never played it and you like fallout new Vegas, definitely check it out. And of course the outer worlds um, need to dive back into that game. Yeah. So that one's great too. So yeah, love new Vegas and uh, really appreciate the kind of nudge to play it again to hang out with you guys here tonight so uh really rewarding experience all around awesome okay well i agree with all you guys i think i think this felt a lot like uh vampire the masquerade where it's like this really good and unique game but it just has like these stupid problems that could have been fixed but you know history time just wasn't going to happen can i I say over sorry to interrupt you but overall this game is infinitely more playable and finished than vampire Vampire, the masquerade is sure yeah i i I mean if you have uh an amd card on the pc though (laughs) in fact i mean it it was crashing like every two seconds and there was just like there was no patch or anything like that 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 could fix it is i feel like with masquerade there is uh infinitely a lot more like patches out there to with the quality of life and that kind of stuff there was a there was a fan patch that did make it playable where it didn't crash i know that uh we had dean round two gaming playing and he didn't use the patch and he had a horrible experience with crashing and like weird clipping and stuff in that game but the fan patch does not make make that game more playable but i mean i do agree this game is janky around the edges and i did have issues on the pc but uh i think it's a lot more of a full game and like has a lot more to it, of course, than the vampire. Okay. Well, apparently I can't say anything negative about this game. I <laughs> get attacked on all sides. So yeah. I'll just say, I'll just give it a 10 out of 10 and get out of here. No, you can, you can criticize. I'm not, I would, gi- I would give it, I would give it an 8.5. Out of 10. Okay. Because, uh, you know, I mean, I understand that they only had 18 months of it, but come on, Bethesda, get your act together and let them fix uh, stuff. Let it get playable on a Windows um, 10 if you got an AMD uh, graphics card. You know? Well, I mean, the, I, the thing... I, the... I did feel, like, and again, I didn't play on console or anything. I did feel, uh, you know, like, like the interface, like Kevin said. Yeah, and that was the other thing. That's another thing, too. I mean, was kind of it could be optimized better. better. Yeah, yeah, optimized a little bit better. Like I said, it wasn't, and I, I was half kidding when I said five out of five, but yeah, I, I would say like when I said five out of six, yeah, I mean, it, it's so close <laughs> to being perfect. And you're the king of perfect. moving the goalposts with this score, it's like <laughs> no, five out of five, plus five, six. Uh... Stupid video where they were just like five out of five, and so it was stuck in my head, you know. Uh, so, um, but yeah, so it, I, I feel like I, I wish. And I know there's a big mod community, but I really just want a big, like, giant patch to just fix all the problems that modern computers have with it and that kind of okay. stuff. Yeah. Uh, I do think that uh, big news that happened during these two months we were playing this, uh, that Microsoft bought Bethesda and I'm they they own, obs- 
yeah they they own, own obsidian too May, maybe they will revisit this game and the older fallouts and patch them and stuff you never know yeah that's what i was going to say you know that would be uh, that'd be awesome uh they also have to, well also I, I mean honestly i was a little disappointed with the dlc i did like that one with the when you're going with the, with the the two native tribes and that but i i, I don't know i just didn't and I really would have liked at the end of the game for you to be able to go around the Mojave Desert and see all that stuff that you did, how it affected everyone instead of it just being a, a slideshow at the end. And I understand follow like honestly, I was I was disappointed with the end of Fallout Three as well. I found Fallout Three was like oh, it's just a slideshow uh, at the end. And spoiler alert for Fallout Three, I believe you die at the end of that game, and then they decided to make some DLC for the game, so they brought you back to life so you could play the DLC. So <laughs> hey, that, the end of that game is a bit of a mess too. So. They're still great fun and everything. Just I, I would I wouldn't. Thanks for ruining Fallout Three. For I <laughs> See, this is the thing, right? This is the thing. You can have someone who hates the game, and you can accept that. But someone who just doesn't like the game as much as you—that's, that's that's like uh, Josh with uh, Duke Nukem 3D. He hates it. It's it's terrible. It's terrible. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing, it's embarrassing oh, no. to have him on the show. It's a, it's, I like I hate it. Minecraft. I see, I know. hate Terraria. Everyone hates everything, right? That's so, what I just said. <laughs> I mean, we find them fun and we keep playing them, but we all hate these games. We all really just... We're just here to hate on everyone else's favorite game. That's what we we figured out. Okay, that's it. We're done, right? Just cut the the sarcasm. Let's get to it. (laughs) We're done. Okay, let's talk about uh, the game we're playing right now, Torchlight 2. Uh, I fired it up uh, last night or the night before. Must Mm -hmm. have been the night before uh for the first time in a while and uh it's one of those things where you haven't played a game in a long time it's like what am i doing again i'm a, i got a character that's level 54 i'm somewhere in it i'm like did i finish this game i don't know what's going on i have no idea but i just ran around a couple of levels in the dungeon and i was having uh fun i had a, a big fire spell that the, the, my character brings down from the sky and wipes everybody out it's kind of like the satellite uh, gun in uh, fallout new vegas but it works in this game so it's good times so i'm looking forward to diving into that and maybe getting some multiplayer happening with you guys it'd be a good time yes yes that'd be fun to do that we we should maybe even try streaming that that'd be kind of cool but yeah i'm not gonna do it for my computer because my computer hates streaming stuff (laughs) (laughs) um yeah we need to one of well i'm not gonna go into sport i'm just gonna talk about it uh great game if you love action rpgs if you're a diablo fan a lot of people feel this is a more of a spiritual successor to diablo 2 than diablo 3 was yeah depending on who you ask uh it's a colorful game it's easy to get into there are a lot of fun classes plus there's a huge modding community like there's a steam workshop so even when you're done with the base game you can dive into a lot of user created stuff Everything from breaking the game with OP classes that basically rain hell upon everyone to making it even super challenging, like hundreds of bad guys coming at you at the same time. Um, hang on, my phone is ringing, so I'm going to mute Mr. myself. Mr. Popularity there. Mr. Popularity, so All someone right. else continue for me. All right. Uh, uh, well, I was going to say yeah. I'm, I'm excited to jump into it because um, I don't have as much experience with action RPGs. Um, I did play Diablo with us, and that was fun, and... I haven't really dived into many others. I've dabbled here and there, but this will be another one I am excited to just like pour myself into. So you never played it before? No, never have. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, so it's gonna be good. 
Good, good, good times. Good. Um, what about I you, Sean? You got any uh, desire to play uh, Torchlight 2? Is this an older game? Is there like a GOG <laughs> version of it? There is it's, GOG, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, Torchlight 1 and 2. It's okay. it's a modern game, pretty pretty modern, right? Yeah, like, it's five modern. years. Five oh, years. is it? Yeah. I mean, I could try to run it on my PC, my desktop, maybe. It's, it's, it's a small it's, game. It's, it's on consoles. It's on consoles. And it is on consoles. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Console? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just it, saying. It run on most older computers. So. Okay. I think I I'm think gonna check a... it out. I love Diablo style games, and oh. so does my wife. So we, I think we it's on the. I think it's on the Switch too. Is, yeah, isn't it? it's like on Switch and PS4. That's and no Xbox. doubt the best way to play it. I'm sure. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Question. Oh. Although. <laughs> Big recent thing since the original developers aren't around anymore. The Torchlight Three that's out is done by completely new people. So do not, yeah. do not check out that one at least until they get their act together. Because I hear horrible things about Torchlight Three. Yeah, Here, yeah. Some Torchlight issues. Two. Do Torchlight Two, not Torchlight Three. <laughs> yeah, Torchlight Two is what it's. It's the modern Diablo, you know, and not only with the mods on PC can you do all the crazy stuff like Ryan was talking about, but there's also a ton of quality of life improvements uh, in the game where you can, uh, there's only a certain amount of potions, for instance, you can stack in your inventory. You can get uh, a, a patch that will allow you to stack, you know, way more than that in, in one thing. So just little things but like that. Another thing, another really cool thing about this is you have a pet with you and yes. even though, you can send that pet to town to sell your stuff for you. So you don't have to teleport to town. Yeah. You just go, hey, put everything on your pet, go, go sell this stuff. And yeah, that was that was the, the, the biggest money. it's like it's brilliant. It's like all the inconvenient stuff that was always a bother in all the old action RPGs, just gone. Yeah, yeah that, nice. that was like the biggest like pain in the ass in Diablo was like you'd only have a certain amount of inventory space. And again, like we were saying, you're carrying stuff and you know it's worth something and that. So you get to a spot, it's like, okay, I, I can't carry anymore. Go back to town, sell the stuff, and then find a teleport back down to the dungeon and all that. Whereas in this game, you got a pet that goes around with you that actually helps you in fights and that. And then uh, at some point you say, okay, I got enough stuff here. I'm just going to give him all the stuff to my pet and he's going to go back to town while I still play the game. So you're without your pet for a little while while you play the game and then he'll come back and he'll come back. Yeah, and then he'll come back. It's it's so cool. Like it's like one of those things where it just keeps the flow. That you're, you're just keep you're doing inventory management, but the game keeps flowing. That that much. Better. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like I remember in Diablo when we were playing uh, that game. Like I would spend so much time just sitting there with my character, but in this case, it takes that away from. It doesn't take it away from you. It makes it just it flows even, better. It's flows just. Better. You know. You just yeah. get right back to the action quicker. And like right. so you give spells to your pet and oh, I'm going to stop. I'm gonna... <laughs> so we're playing that this month and next month. So you got two months to play. Yes. And there's tons of cons content quick there. Uh, yes. I know we have our middle one, which I don't know when we're going to do that. Um, mm -hmm. Should we talk about our, I, don't know, I assume just maybe our favorite horror games or maybe talk about our experience with next time. Yeah, next we can time? do that next time. Um, I was thinking of getting together to do some um, uh, Left for Dead since that just recently had an update, and we could make that a part of our whole uh, middle uh, session. But... Well, this is uh, behind the curtain stuff that we don't need to be brought. Well, so I we can wrap up I'd... the show and talk about it afterwards. Yeah, yeah. 
Cameron, I'm sorry. I know. Uh, we people who actually watch this or listen to it, they they know you by now, so it's all good. I, I do want to say that next time we're going to announce a new game, just so people listen. Next time, we'll so announce, the, next on time. Save Point, we're going next to be time. announcing a new game. Okay. Yes. Because our next round is racing games, and after that's FTL. We'll be announcing what we're doing after that. After yes. FTL. Yeah. Next that? I don't think we do, do we? No, we don't know yet. We so don't. we got. We still got to discuss that. Even if you do know, don't say anything. Okay. Teaser. <laughs> All right. That's it. Thank you so much, uh, Sean, for uh, joining us. It was a pleasure having you. Yes. And uh, it was just nice to have someone who was passionate about this game on. Uh, so you did a good job. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome to be here. And again, my first time on camera, first time doing a live stream. So Rich has was... probably been trying to get you on camera for forever. And here, we just... <laughs> no, you think he scared. has a webcam? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Okay. I guess that's it. Do I have to say anything to you guys? Do you need to plug uh, anything? Anyone want to plug anything? You know, let Sean plug his stuff. Uh, plug your stuff, Sean. Thank you so much. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at RFG Playcast. And I tweet out all our new episodes and uh, game announcements and thoughts and screenshots from games that I'm playing, like Fallout New Vegas uh, <laughs> or our mm-hmm. playthrough games. Uh, if you want to hear the our my podcast, uh, it's... Uh, rfgplaycast.com or just search rfg playcast in your favorite podcast app and if you'd like to join our discussions of our games currently this month for october as kevin mentioned we're playing fatal frame 2 crimson butterfly log on to rfgeneration.com free to join uh, it's very similar to the cartridge club and it's a great place to hang out on forums and talk to people who are playing the same game as you and kevin i just gotta thank you sincerely from the bottom of my heart because i really love it and i really appreciate it that you announce our games on every podcast that you're on it's (laughs) it's awesome and uh i want you to know that i really really appreciate it oh no problem man and it's actually not on every podcast that i'm on because Apparently, I'm on a ton of podcasts. <laughs> well, there are a couple. A handful of them. I hear the, you mentioning our games, and the, I, I love it. The video uh, game centric ones. <laughs> the video, the video game centric podcasts I do, yeah. and I, you know, I just I, it ha- it helps me remember what the heck you guys are playing too. You know, <laughs> so yeah. it's all good. Um, of course, here comes Steven. I, he always comes in at the end with like the craziest dumb request. He wants us to stream left for dead too you might be able to convince ryan to do that uh steven he might do that for you you never know yeah if you want to watch the stream at about 15 frames per second uh that would <laughs> be great you'll Let's be vomiting it. all over the place but you know that uh, uh, that sounds like a n64 adventure right there uh, okay I, we've been talking was... for two hours and 20 minutes we got right, gotta... let's go crash right. the computer all right goodbye everybody thank bye. you for listening watching all that bye bye To the town of Awafria Rode a stranger one fine day Hardly spoke to folks around him Didn't have too much to say No one dared to ask his business No one dared to make a slip For the stranger there among them Had a big iron on his hip
big iron on his hip. It was early in the morning when he rode into the town. He came riding from the south side, slowly looking all around. He's an outlaw, loose and running. Came the whisper from each lip, and he's here to do some business with the big iron on his hip, big iron on his hip. In this town there lived an outlaw by the name of Texas Red. Many men had tried to take him, and that many men were dead. He was vicious and a killer, though a youth of 24, and the notches on his pistol numbered one in 19 more. One in 19 more. Now the stranger started talking, made it plain to folks around. He was an Arizona Ranger. Wouldn't be too long in town He came here to take an outlaw Back alive or maybe dead And he said it didn't matter He was after Texas Red After Texas Red The morning passed so quickly It was time for them to meet it was 20 past 11 when they walked out in the street. Folks were watching from their windows. Everybody held their breath. They knew this handsome ranger was about to meet his death. Was about to meet his death. There was 40 feet between them when they stopped to make their play. And the swiftness of the ranger is still talked about today. Texas Red had not cleared leather when a bullet fairly ripped. And the ranger's aim was deadly with the big iron on his hip. The big iron on his hip. Big iron, big iron. And he tried to match the ranger with the big iron on his hip, the big iron on his 